Are we live? Welcome to another edition of the Adam Dunn Show. I am your host, Adam Dunn. I'm your co-host, Mitch Shinasa. And we apologize for our lateness, our tardiness, I should say. We'll bring a I note mean, if you next think time. about it, it should really come to be expected by now. Kid, can if, you, if can you go a, ahead and explain it? If I were a listener, explain what was wrong. This is tech well, talk. Well, I mean, other than our, what was it, like, Ryan's hair braided hair braided wires that I had to untangle thanks, from this. Thanks, James, on that From one. this damn freaking. Uh, <laughs> the damn freaking. The damn freaking Pelican case here. My, they were, like, braided all funny. It was, I don't know why I'm just rolling in a circle and wrapping some Velcro. But anyway, um, yeah, that, and then we, we couldn't get the internet working. We don't know what the hell's going on with the internet. But, but it's all better. We're all better. And it sounds good, and Everybody's happy. So Everyone's happy. We're going to be on time, today. guys. We're not cutting any of the guests. We're going to run a little short on the news, and we're going to cut the intro a little short, but otherwise, the show will go on as planned, and we'll just do some stuff on the end. John Wallace says, terrible echo, and Tyler Dodd, that's correct. You might have more than one video going. Yeah, that has to be the case because- uh, no one else yeah, is no saying terrible echo. Um, and guys, if you want to post on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that shit, that we are live now. I know we had like a ton of people waiting to see the show start, and- we all uh, left. We had no way to tell anyone. We, we decided we just weren't like, going to do here. it today. Yeah. No, the kid. <laughs> That's not the case. Never. We never did that. Yeah, I think man. the kid was ready. To, he was kind of had that look like, oh, good. It's not going to work. Oh, great. Oh, get to go out. Snow day. Oh, no, snow day. Snow day. It is snowing. Snow it is snowing. That's what I'm saying. It's coming down. It's official. Dude, this drive home is going to suck so fucking bad. Yeah, it's not going to be fun. How but it's was, okay because uh, I have my winter driving rules. All right, we had a big week. How's Seattle, man? Yeah, two and a half minutes. Tell us. Two and a half minutes. Oh, first tell us what are you smoking there, Adam? I'm smoking. Well, that's not this? It. Yeah, let me, yeah. Let me ease into it. I was segueing. You, you segue right away too fast. You gave me two and a half minutes, and then you segued me. Okay, I'm trying right. to move it along. See, you're, you're killing it. Uh, Seattle was great, actually. It was a really fun trip. Thank you to everybody out there, uh, Crystal, Jess, James, uh, Casper, all the crew that was helping us out, and Jason from Dark Horse. And yeah, we, it was definitely like a different kind of a totally different show. It was no smoking. So that made it a little weird. And it was on federal property, so they were- Like no smoking at all. Nothing. Federal Damn. property. Yeah, they were on federal property because it was a, a passenger terminal space, you know, for the uh, ferries. So they were like out there checking cars, making watching people smoke, and you know how it goes. The whole day on your feet, you need a, you need to have a break. You need a little, little relaxation. I Safety. told the organizers that. I said, you know, you got to have it some little spot, at least for the people who work here. Not so much for the, 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 the public, but I mean the people who are working- you're there on your feet all day. You need, some, you need a little space. But no, it was a good show. Um, there was about 150 booths. So it's pretty big. That's and they're nice coming, size. And they're coming, yeah. to Col- and they're coming to Colorado, I think, in June. Nice. So that'll be happening. I think maybe it's we'll, maybe we'll do a live broadcast. We probably will. I talked to them about it. They like it. Interesting. So you got a minute. Tell us more. Um, well, we got to see a little bit. You know, every day the shows were done. Kind of cruised around. Got lost. 
GPS does not work in Seattle. Because there are I don't know six what, of every street address. I don't know what's going on. I don't know, I know if you know that. that. I hear that everywhere we went, it was just, rerouting. Every, yep. every, like, we had three phones at once, and they'd all reroute I hear to different it's directions. Because they have, it's because the roads don't completely go through. They always have things that cut them off. So there'd be a road here that's the same road as the other side, but you can't get through it on one side. So it'll maybe tell you to make a left, and then you can't, uh, it was, you can't it, continue. That was, that was one thing I noticed. But no, it's a cool city. I mean, there's definitely good food there. Great food. Great food. Absolutely good you food. You ate like a king seafood guy. You're fucking Neptune. Oh, yeah, First right? I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That's you awesome. Got, he's like, and put some shells in my beard. You know, you know what was crazy was um, our buddy Mike West there. Oh, he's, you saw Mike. I was going to ask Yeah, that. he was there, but also the um, this passenger terminal is right there where the boat was. Oh. You know, if you looked out from the left and you looked There's back like at the There's like a city, ferry? That was it right there. Yeah, nice. Was, so I was like, when we got there, I was like, hey, this is the only place I'd Oh, know. that boat? Yeah. Oh, so, did you stay on the boat? I didn't stay on the boat, oh. but I'm saying it was right. It was literally there. So we were like, oh, I know how to get here. Yeah. I know this spot. Yeah. This is my home. The only <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is my home of Seattle. Yeah, Billy because- Wonka is repeatedly in the chat room. James is repeatedly in the chat room defending that it was a simple construction loop. <laughs> just so you know the <laughs> no, case. I, I know. You can just pull it down, but still, it's there's you know all of this, With all of these turns in a wire, it's not good for okay. reasons, oh, construction loop and not an audio technical okay. loop. Okay. All right, guys. News, news, news. Quick. Quick. News, 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 news. I'm not loaded up with news, news, news. No, so what? Say it, say it, say it, say it, say it. News, 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 news. Marijuana may be even safer than previously thought, researchers say. Compared with other recreational drugs, including alcohol, marijuana may be even safer than previously thought. And researchers may be systematically understanding risks associated with alcohol use. Finally putting that together. Those are the top-line top findings of a recent research published in the journal Scientific Reports, a subsidiary of Nature. Researchers sought to quantify the risk of death associated with the use of a variety of commonly used substances. They found that at the level of individual use, alcohol was the deadliest substance, followed by heroin and cocaine. No news. But they actually do have cannabis on here. I don't know how you die. Oh, it's 114 times less deadly than it booze. doesn't make any sense. It's compared lethal doses. Times. I mean, there is a lethal dose at some point. It's just you're, you're, it repl- you don't have blood anymore because it's all oil. Okay. Let's you know, like maybe. it's at some point. Yeah. News, news, news. news. I have a terrible news discovery that was just made. Can you What's shout that? the thing? They pulled the news video, that clip, off of YouTube. Because you're I using it too much. I'm using you... it, but news, 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 news. You just have to make your own version and just multiply yourself. <laughs> That's shouts That's shouts to uh, Wolf Siegel for hooking this one up. Uh, how cops are catching grow ops with AM radios. This is posted on a police blog, so I thought I'd share it with everyone. Uh, many ham operators can locate a grow simply by taking a radio and portable antennae out into their neighborhood and using the radio to triangulate the exact location of the grow. With the prol- proliferation of indoor marijuana grows, indoor hortic- the indoor horticulture industry has been booming. Chinese manufacturers are turning out indoor grow equipment at a rapid pace with little to no regulatory oversight or compliance. Because of this, there's been a significant amount of radio frequency interference. Before we get into how to detect a marijuana grow with your car radio, you have to understand some simple mechanics of how grow operates. I think we all understand that. Let's skip that. Ham radio helpers. Reports have begun to flood into the National Association for Amateur Radio about interference with their ham radios from their neighbors' marijuana Boo-hoo. grows. Yeah. <laughs> ham radio guys. Yeah. yeah. I think we win. Yeah. I don't know. The most complaints come from California and Colorado for obvious reasons. Many ham radio operators began to see a correlation with marijuana grows in this RFI. One amateur radio operator located five marijuana grows near his house. Due to RFI alone, and probably snitch them out over ham radio. I'm I know. Yeah. Which show the types. Exactly. Snitch I bet that one dude who shot Trayvon was a ham radio guy. Oh, I can't believe you just said that. You got your hoodie on. It's cool. What? 
I think he was a hammer. He's seen the type. Yeah. One narcotics officer from San Francisco Bay Area turns his car radio to 560 a.m. when he checks out potential indoor grows. He's checked out seven indoor marijuana grows since learning about the RFI issue. All seven times, the car's radio showed significant interference from the ballast inside of the grow. It's actually, it's, it's, this is old news. 5.60 a.m., guys. So 5.60 a.m., you drive around, and you can tell where the grows are. you like, uh, I'm a little dry. You guys got a nug? Exactly. <laughs> knock on the door. But actually, when Lumatech first came out with their um, ballast, that had the same problem. I remember there was a um, Super Bowl weekend, and somebody had set up a grow, and cranked it on on the wrong day because they fucked up all the TVs around them <laughs> during Super Bowl so it was like instantly the cops were there like what the hell you know and yeah that was not so you, you got to be careful with those things and it's just it's it's a lot like when you're setting up like ventilation and you don't realize that if you like mount something it's like brr, brr, onto something it might not sound yep. bad in your room but, but it might sound somewhere. like outside or three floors right, up right, or right. something it sounds well, terrible that you know, story so. that we just had a couple of weeks back with the like, the snow melting in Alaska yeah there you go mm-hmm. yeah. more examples Alaska that was in Holland that was in Holland but well, anyway. check, yeah. check your snow check your radio found it yes breaking Florida Senator submits bill to legalize recreational marijuana it's on naturalrevolution.org, which I haven't really vetted, but I'm going to go ahead with it. Amid a long-running debate about legalizing medical marijuana, South Florida Senator Dwight Bullard wants to go a step further and allow recreational use. Yay! Senator Dwight Bullard of Miami filed a detailed proposal on Monday that would allow people 21 and older to possess up to two and a half ounces for personal use and grow up to six plants. 50-page bill. It's there now. You guys can look it up. News, news, news. Keep going. We're moving. Oh, we have another news already? Keep going. Keep going. Hey, Jamaica decriminalizes marijuana in small amounts. Kingston, Jamaica, marijuana has been pervasive but illegal in Jamaica for decades, consumed as a medicinal herb, puffed as a sacrament by Rastafari, and sung about in the island's famed reggae music. That's so like a travel brochure. I know. <laughs> After many years of dialogue about the culturally entrenched drug, the emboldened uh, and emboldened by chances to drug changes to drug laws in U.S. states, Jamaica's parliament on Tuesday night gave final approval to an act decriminalizing small amounts of pot and establishing a licensing agency to regulate a lawful medical marijuana industry. Finally. News, news, news. Oh, I just closed hey, one. I had another one, but I'm just going to do this one. Maraschino Cherry Tycoon, the secret job, drug lair, New York City police uncovered. So I'll give you the backstory now because when Kyle and I lived in Portland, everyone said, "Hey, are you guys brothers?" And we'd say, "I don't know how they could ever ask that." Yeah, we're brothers. We're totally brothers. Because in Portland, everyone's like, "Yeah, well, you guys both have the same Jersey accent." Yeah, we were Jersey. Yeah, yeah. We oh, seem right, right. you know, so since you were from the same place, you're we seem similar. Yeah. We seem like we're from the same yeah. family or something. You got a so. larger upper body thing going. Yeah. On. yeah. yeah. So, Kyle passes a Jew. Exactly. He, he looked, has. He looked yes. like a Jew. Oh, yeah. 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 So totally. sounds so racist when you say it. So we were the Maraschino brothers, you know, Steve and Brian Maraschino. And we said that we were we were from the East Coast, and obviously we couldn't play that off. But, uh, yeah, our family had a Maraschino business. Maraschino invented the Maraschino cherry, had a thriving Maraschino cherry business. But we were out there selling weed and doing our thing, whatever. <gasps> so no. you, you said guys sold that weed? as a joke. And now... As a joke. So now this morning, Kyle sends me... <laughs> I didn't know it came from Kyle, too. That's great. In a scene reminiscent of the TV show Breaking Bad, New York City investigators raided the business of one of the nation's largest pro- processors of maraschino cherries, only to find that his Brooklyn factory also allegedly served as a marijuana growing operation, nice. authorities said. 
Investigators returned to the factory today in the Red Hook section a day after the owner shot and killed himself in an apparent suicide as authorities raided it. What? Yeah. Why would How you big do was that? his grow room? Yeah, it's, it had to be massive for him. <laughs> it it was like Breaking like Bad style. They said it was under the whole thing was a giant grow. And I pictured that scene. You can kill yourself. They said they said during um during the Hurricane Sandy, yeah. when all the power was out, he Easy. ran power to the next door factory. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, of course, homie has generators in his basement. I mean, that's what I pictured. Like I said, that scene in Pineapple Express when they finally take James Franco down, he sees like. Just, just this entire you definitely, warehouse underground. There's never a reason to kill yourself over. So no, what, he what, would have not gone to jail long enough. That so he they were investigating him for environmental shit because yeah. he was turning the river red from jar, uh, dumping the maraschino cherry juice. No bullshit. Right. But who cares? That's fucking delicious. <laughs> so then they're like, hey, it smells like weed. And then they found like a flimsy looking shelf. <sighs> and they were like, as soon and it was a false wall. And like, as soon as they touched the shelf, he like ran in the bathroom right away and shot himself in the head. That is retarded. That's crazy. Have some respect, dude. That's my fake uncle that <laughs> I didn't even <laughs> that I didn't even know really existed. That is terrible, though. So this he this must uh, have been doing some. He must have had some child yeah. porn so, going on. Or dude, it was nasty. it's Couldn't fucking New York City with a giant growing it. I know, but whatever. So check this out. This OG tastes really good, Adam. What's yeah. this OG we're smoking? Oh, and that's actually just the bottom bit. So I saved the I saved a nice nice nug, of course, because uh, well, you guys haven't got to see the show yet because uh, we did we did actually. Record a thing while you were there, yeah. Hopefully. Of course. You did, right? No, we did. Hell yeah. Multiple camera angles. It's going to be... be, Now that I'm excited for. It's going to be pretty pro. Kid, let him tell the story. It's going to be pretty pro. Anyway, so we got to get um, our buddy Josh, Joshy, from... Of OG Kush fame. Of Kush fame. fame. Not even OG Kush. It was just Kush. Yeah, original. The original, original man himself. August Dunning calling in right now. That's the man. That's our next call. Yeah, that's our that's our caller. That's our caller. So anyway, he gave me a nug of the original OG, original original. This is our cornerstone. This is going to be one of the pieces of the OG known project. project. If we don't smoke it all, not this particular. Oh, good, good. This genetic. Oh, Oh, there we go. I hear, I hear August. I'm going to give him a little intro. Uh, So August Dunning, I'll start introing him. Hopefully, he's going to get brought in here. was brought to my attention by some fellow friends on Facebook because the guy is doing some really interesting research. Uh, and we first started talking in the context of he was talking about terpenes in a way I'd never really seen anyone talk about terpenes. He was he was implying that the, he has certain land race strains and that he'd found certain sort of, as I understand it, terpene profiles that were that he could use to trace things back to their original land races. Right, and that's kind of where that's they. Which is might be an interesting angle to add to the genome, right? Well, because the other thing, interesting part too, is that we're, what we're trying to figure out now is that, or what we are figuring out is that that these terpenes are more set in stone than than a lot of times other tests, you know, because other things are more fluctuating. Like you can get pretty good terpene profile and then sort of lay that one on top of things and see. I think we might even get to the uh, point quicker because it's going to be more what we what we experience, you know, because we're experiencing the, the well, taste and, and that's something and we're going to. Investigate a little more. August has some information he sent me, and, and do we have him on the line, kid? Yeah, he'll be calling back. He he missed out that he missed out. The cable's broken. Did you did you shoot him a message to tell him to call back? Is he on the chat room? Uh, no, no, he's not. Well, I can't do anything from this computer. Aren't you on? Oh, right. Okay, I'll go on Facebook and I will message August. There we go. Call back. Call back. Anyway, so yeah, he's uh mapping. So he's kind of mapping terpenes, basically, or is he well, a- he's looking at some stuff. But and yeah. you know where his land races were coming from? Yeah, those are the ones I told oh, you. Moroccan, about one Moroccan. I like that. Actually, he had a quick Afghani, and then Mazar he had like um, 
Didn't he have a, a Zulu? N- oh, yeah. Yeah, South African Af- strain. African strain, yeah. Yeah, pretty good. Good cross. Good, good crosses to work from. Let me message very, very him real so, quick. He's on Facebook so, here. Uh, I think that's also the thing. African strain, I, everybody thinks of Durban, of course, and, you know, there's Malawi gold and there's other strains that kind of were out there, but it, it seems in the more modern <coughs> strains that we have, not much references to, you know? So uh, August is, gonna, is about to call back, and, oh, and nice. I did want to... <coughs> kind of line up the show in general what i what we're going to do in the first half we're going to talk to august then we're going to do shout outs then we're going to there he is then we're going to talk to Kay. yes and we're just going to be talking about terpenes how they happen in the plant hey, grab it kid hey hello lost him oh he hung up oh, no. oh there we go one more time one more time Whoa. damn hello Wait, august can august you hear us hello hello this is august august can you hear us i can all right. Well, you're loud and clear to us as well. Right Welcome on. to the Adam Dunn Show. <laughs> Buenos dias, amigos. <laughs> uh, where are we talking to you from, man? So what's up? So what's going on, man? So we're talking terpenes. And, and you had sent me some very interesting information about terpenes earlier today that I was looking through. And I, get, uh, I have some questions on it that, that came from my review of it. Oh, no problem at all. Yeah, what, what I've got going on is is... For the past 20 or 30 years, really, because I've been growing that long, the, uh, the thing, there's these specific aromas to, to the cannabis. And they're exactly the same aromas to, like, pine trees and lemon trees and lavender and all this kind of stuff. Right. And as we know, and I sent you, and I sent you this, this to kind of go through this kind of sequence here, that historically these plants with these aromas have absolute therapeutic benefit medically uh the pine plant the piney pine sense in fact i got some stuff from um from uh, the guys up at oakster dam about four years ago that smelled just like a pine tree and the pine the pine tree itself is great for anti-inflammatories antibacterials bronchial dilators all that kind of stuff and um and i noticed that that of course cannabis has these same fragrances in fact 118 different fragrances if, if you do the research on and um, what happens with cannabis, which is interesting, is that there are these endocannabinols that we create in our body that are exactly the same as the cannabis compounds in the plant. So we have the receptor sites for these compounds in our nervous system and the brain and so forth, and in the spleen too, by the way. Um, and so that indicates that, that this plant is intimately associated with our genetics and that the therapeutic pathways, metabolic pathways are the same and that these fragrances in other plants and the fragrances in this plant combine into this into the cannabis plant to have a very definite therapeutic effect in human beings. We've seen this. So my theory is that these fragrances are involved with specific aspects of application. And um, and, and this, this is where we're going with this. And I think the fragrances may be identifiers as to how to actually apply the plant. There's a lot of details and we'll get into that. So... I guess I have some questions coming up front and some as you proceed here, but, yeah. but right up front, I mean, I, the most interesting thing that came in the, in the information you sent me, uh, or, or say the, the, every, all of it was interesting. The, the newest thing that just like little lit something in my mind, right. Was you talked about how the combination of terpenes, which as you said, are the exact same things produced in all these other plants and flowers and, and things like that. 
and sterols, which are hormones that are in every plant, those in combination result in the cannabolic compounds. Yes. And we have sterols in us that probably make our endocannabinol. So I have like so many things that that throws me to. And the, the first thing is, of course, like, as I've recommended on the show before, like if you take some lemon essential oil and put it in your bong water and take take a hit, you'll see it greatly affects it. So obviously there's there's no question. And, and so many uh, uh, experiments have been done. Adam's been conducted and been a part of and been tested on. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Wait, what were you just going to say? Uh, Wait, what were you just going to say? There's so many experiments that Adam's done. Is that what you... He hasn't... He, he has Yes. On, on combining, you know, various <laughs> combinations. scientific reasons, I'm sure. Yeah. On combining cannabinoids and terpenes and things of that nature. Mostly internal, though. It was mostly internal combining. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I like to do my experiments. But the point being, um, I think... When you see that, okay, these things are in other plants, the reaction of other things that are in other plants can make them. Like, is cannabis like a Rosetta Stone to these things in plants? Obviously, cannabinoids and... It's like a key. <laughs> you won't, did you just ask if something is like the thank you kid the uh pretty much i was very i was very careful on tv it's a, it's uh a translator yeah right like what, what do you mean do you, i'm just gonna learn how to speak cannabis now rosetta stone cannabis. rosetta stone was a stone that they found champollion found it that translated hieroglyphics do you know I, I that get it, but okay. rosetta stone is also my a, point being that actually, there were actually three lost languages and one was the coptic greek so they could there you go kid together too so yeah I, go, I, Mitch. I, I, no i oh no august august i was telling i was telling the kid here in studio because he was getting all smarmy I, I i frankly totally expected you to know so my point being right all plants produce terpenes cannabis produces a compound that seems to uniquely interact with terpenes in a way that makes them experiential to humans in, in to some greater capacity mm-hmm. well, are there any other plants that do this is it why if they all have sterols and they all why aren't any other plants creating cannabinoids well, there's there's the issue here. There are, for instance, the opiates definitely have you know therapeutic effect on human beings, okay, but they don't have cannabis compounds. The reason that cannabis again affects humans so profoundly is that we actually have um, these endo that means cannabis from inside our body. Endo meaning inside, exo right. meaning outside. Endocannabinoid compounds that stimulate us the same way that cannabis does. So we already have the metabolic pathways to incorporate this plant into our normal our normal biophysicist, or physics, rather. So that, that makes it a very unique plant. Right, and, but, I uh, mean, and, like, and, likewise, we clearly have that with terpenes, even non-cannabis-derived sure. terpenes, right? Sure, because the terpene molecules, again, have therapeutic effect, which means they also get into the metabolic pathways. And as you know, these therapeutic oils really work. I mean, they really work. They definitely uh, really work. For instance, there was this oil called thieves' oil. That's a combination of three different oils. That the people that drank thieves' oil uh, were the ones that didn't get the bubonic plague. It actually prevented the plague from, or actually probably from the fleas from even getting on the people to bite them. And that, that this called thieves' oil because the thieves would go to these dead bodies and steal the goods off the dead bodies, right? Right. So it's called thieves' oil, but actually, which is a combination of normally normal plant oil. So we know the plant oils have. A lot of therapeutic effect and protective effect. We're also we've also come up with some really interesting uh, research that says that the temperature that you grow cannabinoids or cannabis at has a lot, which I think you've also seen, has a lot to do with the content. And that the temperature that you vaporize these 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 uh, medicines with has a lot to do with which terpenes come off first or last. 
So we, we, see a, we see a very complex but probably understandable uh, way to apply these in a therapeutic sense based on temperature, based on genetics, based on the fact that it gets into us. In other words, your, your comparison with the Rosetta Stone is kind of a good comparison because a lot of people have already drawn the conclusions of, of the different effects of CBD, CB, CBN, CB, THCA, THC, you know, all these different compounds that are, that are synthesized and naturally synthesized off of the terpenes. I think I might have shown you that one chart that shows how the geranil, the geranil uh, terpene moves the pathways down two different directions. Okay? Right. Right. And, uh, and depending on, on uh, combustion, depending on CO2, depending on heat and light, uh, actually starts uh, changing the molecules, the cannabinoid compounds, into the different forms and so forth. So we're seeing, you know, these the people use vaporizers, for instance. Right. I'd like to see a, a dialable vaporizer. There's, a, there's, there's, there's the audience's next product for the market. A temperature-adjustable vaporizer that can specifically uh, lock in a specific temperature for a specific terpene and cannabis compound to be able to be ingested or administered. Well, and, and I, I think on both sides, right? Like there's the – on that on that end – Absolutely, you have this sort of fractional distillation, distillation approach to consumption. Right. But then sure. you could also just separate the terpene before, you know, like if yeah. you wanted terpenes, you could just and, – and couldn't you just – I mean, what? how do you feel about if you knew the terpenes you wanted and those same terpenes were available from so many other plants? Couldn't, couldn't you just mix them from other plants, extract well, them and mix well, them Well, you could, Whatever. but again, the terpenes alone don't get into the pathways the same way. You see, it's, it's not just that the terpenes – you know, get in. It's that the terpene modified cannabinolic compound gets deeper in, especially in the nervous system, the brain, the spleen. Uh, one of the reasons these things have probably uh, antibacterial and antiviral uh, effects is because there are receptor sites in the spleen. So if you can activate those spleen receptor sites, they may be turning on some of the immune system function to actually uh, recognize and produce the antibodies and produce the the, the normal compounds to take care of these diseases before they actually get a big foothold. I mean, a lot of people catch the flu, but the flu really only lasts about three or four days in its cycle. The reason it lasts two or three weeks is because every night you go to bed on the same pillowcase, you don't wash that pillowcase every morning, and you re-inoculate yourself with the virus, which then starts another three-day cycle on top of another three-day cycle on top of another three-day cycle, and you get this huge overload of, of, of overlapping cycles of, in, of inoculation. Um, whereas the spleen, it takes eight days for the spleen to, to, to read the stuff in the blood and create the antibody, but it takes another two weeks after that for the spleen to make enough of the antibodies to actually clean up the mess. So the, the, the cleaner you are when you first get a cold or a flu, the more likely you'll have very, very minimal effects and, ex, and, a, and a much shorter time period of, of infection. Now, now, isn't like the spleen sort of more of an, uh, the, kind of an ancient organ, too, where not, sure. So it was kind of probably more. Uh, I could see the cannabinoid connection maybe there even being deeper yeah. because of the fact that it's um, something that we don't necessarily maybe need as modern as we you know as much as we did back in the day when we were filtering sure. all sorts of uh, products and who knows what you know basically all sorts know, of all sorts of bacteria back in the dirty yeah world. yeah and we were basically like big kids you know just <laughs> eating off the floor whatever we could you know and just like my kid gets sick all the time now because he's like what caught him yesterday licking the 
that broom handle. I'm like, well, that's not a good thing right there. You know? It's <laughs> not a good thing. Well, you know, I just, I just wrote an article for Hydrolife magazine on iodine. You might want to pick that up. Mm. Um, iodine is, is probably the, the single element that allowed life to, to develop on Earth because it's essential in the first algae to, because uh, algae and the, and the you know, single cell uh, plants in the ocean were the first plants to actually concentrate algae or iodine rather. And iodine actually protects algae from ultraviolet and some, and it's the strongest antioxidant. Yeah, great for anti-radiation. Uh, so, so yeah, your iodine status has everything to do with whether you're going to get sick as you or not. And I suggest everybody eating iodized salt mm-hmm. and eat lots of it, like up to a couple of tablespoons a day. You need salt, can't digest carbohydrates without it. And, uh, and we've taken all this, we've, we've changed to all this sea salt and all this jazz, which is good for the minerals, but without the iodine, you're really missing the big point because iodine protects, for instance, fetuses from birth defects better than any of the other antioxidants. And uh, so just, yeah, make sure your kids get uh, iodized salt. So, so pretty much I just need to eat french fries every day. That, is, no, that is clearly not what he is saying. Well, if I eat a whole bag of french fries, that'll be equivalent to the amount of salt I need to eat. The problem with that salt is the fact it's got a lot of a lot of flowing agents and silicon dioxide and other weird stuff in it when you go to some of the restaurants. <laughs> oh, by the way, I should bring this up. If the fast food restaurants change from corn oil to hemp oil, hemp oil doesn't polymerize till 700 degrees and the fat fryers are fried at 400 degrees, which means you don't get trans fats. If all the fast food companies use hemp oil instead of corn oil. Adam, you want to start Boom. a hemp fast food company yeah, with me? Vegan hemp fast food? I've been wanting to do that forever. Let's do it. August, you in? <laughs> no, I actually use hemp oil to fry fry stuff in because it doesn't cause trans fats. It's, it's great. It I doesn't just... change the taste, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we got about 15 minutes left in our segment here. Um, of course, I want to thank you for bringing this information on, and I'll, uh, I'll actually yeah. try to post it out to the website. But cool. um, – but, uh, I did want to kind of continue on the how the plant makes essentially terpenes and how those in turn turn into cannabinoids and, and what terpenes are. You know, a brief overview for everyone. Well, they're basically just a molecule. They're a fragrance molecule. It's a short molecule. And if you look at the, the, the slide that I showed you of the uh, resin gland in the disc cells of the trichome, because that's where all this stuff is made, you got these things called plastids, right? Plastids are short chains of genetics. So part of the plant's genetics are inside the plastid, and they're creating these molecular structures. Genetics only put four things together, you know, guanine, cytosine, thymine, and adenine. But, the, but they put them together in these, in these poly molecules. And, they, and, and inside the plastid and the vacuole, which makes the phenols, it's not really sterols, it's phenols. These phenols and, and terpenes combine to make the cannabinoids. Uh, with glucose, because glucose is your energy driver. Now, what's interesting about this is that because it's genetically moderated, that means that whatever that plant's specific genetic can make are the only terpenes it can make. That's why the plants have unique and individual fragrances. They're locked, for instance, they're yeah, for once, yeah, what I'm working on right now is actually three plants. I've got a really good uh, ancient uh, strain from South Africa that's a sativa that's probably around 10,000 years old and hasn't been adulterated by cross-pollination. That's awesome. That's I've got another amazing. one from Morocco that's from the stony mountainous regions there, and I've got another one from Afghanistan from up in the mountains there. These are these are original strains of indicas and sativas that have not been cross-pollinated. 
So we, we can actually start do, doing a genetic cross-section of these things and then compare them to the stuff that those geniuses up in North California did because they are geniuses. I mean, those guys did fantastic work, and guys in Colorado too, of combining plants to make extremely strong medicine, but they kind of mixed everything together to do it. And so I want to have a baseline where we can compare what they've done to where it came from and get a better idea of, of how to how to apply the medicines because there's lots of medicine now. And I think that's one of the things that fascinates us the most with, with all our genetic stuff. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is that right there, just uh, just having the, those land races and the accessibility of them is awesome because it is very hard to find. I mean, you have to go to those spots, and, and, and even there they can be adulterated because it only takes one guy to – screw up a gene pool you know what i mean roll into town and try out his new fe's in in south africa and there goes the the local the local population you know what i mean and and uh so that's awesome that you got those to work with and and it might help us with our ogenome project because what we're doing is focusing on all this mixed up thing the the, really the tightest part of it all and then from that point we really want to know which direction they go you know yeah we're starting at the knot almost untangling the you know not the loose ends but the knot well yeah we just kind of want to back engineer things a little bit yeah no when i was when i was um, in illinois and 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 not doing the correct legal thing. <laughs> I actually uh, pollinated, or actually uh, germinated about 25,000 seeds at one time. I had a friend that had a huge bag, like a garbage or a large um, gallon size Ziploc full of seeds. And out of, that, out of that population, I had one plant that had no zigzag on the leaf. It looked just like a bamboo leaf. Not serrated. Not, not, not no serrated serration. at all. Huh. Not serrated at all. It was fantastic. It was and it, it was a it was a male, which you apparently from my research, you will find this in the male population from time. And uh, and I was able to, to find an early blooming female and got the seeds from it, started propagating this, and then lost the whole experiment due to it being outdoors and being removed by a gardening crew. Oh, um, but it looked just like bamboo, but I do have I do have a leaf. Uh, samples. I have tissue samples of the plant. And eventually, I will take them back in the lab and, and bring it back. It's a very long and involved process, but it's a really, really neat look. I mean, it's beautiful, and I've got pictures of it, but I can't get it to you yet. I'll send them when I get them, but I, they're on a burnt hard drive. I'm having recovered right now. That's <laughs> excellent. I mean, and that's and that's that's the key to um to breeding in general is like you know every so many thousands of plants you end up with a mutation, and those mutations oh, are the things that we're all as breeders always excited about, you know, because Right. It's something. Well, I still have pollen. I still have some pollen from that plant. Nice. So I, I, I can bring things back pretty easily. It's just I'd like to bring the original genetic tissue back. So. Yeah. yeah, no, that's great that you have the ability to do that, too, because, I mean, that's also kind of out of most people's reach. Um, and uh, how many strains have been lost over the years due to the fact that, you know, couldn't, couldn't hang on to it. You know? Right. Right. So I did well, I just. Gave you a, I gave you a list of places actually at that in the thing I sent you where there are some places out in California where you can send tissue samples and herb samples to get a good cross section of what what's in it. They'll do a good genetic uh, uh, investigation. They'll tell you how much you know, how many compounds and how much are in the, in the stuff. And uh, I I want to tell you we got a message from our buddy Dr. Mark Sheldon, who mm. who uh, clarified that genes make proteins like enzymes called synthases. And synthases make the terpenes, cannabinoids, etc. But it's all happening right Precisely. in there. That's ex that's exactly the, the correct scientific explanation of the sequence. And and you know to understand metabolic pathways in plants or animals, uh, what it really is is a handoff series. Um, there's an enzyme that's created that, that locks onto something, that then changes the structure of the surface of that thing, which then makes it available to be locked onto another structure 
and you have these series of pass-offs to where the, the, the enzyme or the, the compound can get to where it needs to go. And the same thing in the, in the, uh, the disc cells and the trichomes. You've got a series of enzymatic reactions that pass off things to the next thing and, until you end up with a can of the compounds you're looking for. And so once they make these compounds, right, they're in the plant, but then the environment can alter them significantly. Yeah. Yeah, you need UVB, by the way. It's really good to get ultraviolet B in the, in the sesicles of these trichomes because that's the energy that drives this, this stuff. And can you that's get that? Process, can you accomplish energy. that indoors, or is that something that you need sunlight for? Uh, it grows easier in sunlight, but I believe there are some lights. I think Maverick Sun makes a real good UVB uh, thousand watt light, I think. Um, but again, it's 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 almost good to just get some ultraviolet lamps and get yeah. them in there during the late phase to make sure you're getting the UVB in that plant, because that's the energy that drives the the chemical factories. Good stuff right there. And then and then even looking at the boiling points of the terpenes, like if your room gets to, obviously your room's not going to get 450 degrees F. But, <laughs> I don't think so. But I feel just like water. Like if you, if you put water on the stove, right, like way before it gets too hot, it, it evaporates. Even here, if you just leave water in a puddle, it evaporates. So the terpenes. Look at the sativas compared to the indicas. The indicas usually grow up in the mountains, and sativas usually grow down, you know, closer to sea level. Right. And, of course, they're warmer down there. And you get a lot more THC in the sativas, and the indicas have a lot of more CBD, which is a cooler grow. You know, so temperature, I think, actually is a component in this. And now, how do you feel about the theory? We're kind of skewing from terpenes for a second, but I got to ask, how do you feel about the Rob Clark theory that there's really only cannabis indica, and it's just expressing its genes differently based on the environment, and they're, they're the same? I, I kind of like that, actually. I'm familiar with that. I'm and, a big fan, too. Yeah, I do. I also like... I'm, I'm sort of studying the Ruderalis, you know, varieties as well, the, the, the non-photo uh, period reactive. Uh, they're only about three or four feet tall max, and they go directly into flower, so they don't, they don't really pass into that different light cycle. Thing. So uh, now to bring it back to terpenes. Yeah. Um, so talk about the process of the plant making terpenes and i guess the question is are there specific terpenes that are in specific genetic lines and can you at least theoretically therefore is it possible to say anal analyze the terpenes in og kush or sour diesel and reconstruct the genetic lineage of it based on its terpenes yeah that'd be very very difficult very expensive but i think it's possible you know i think it's possible again because the terpenes are created with the plastids which are the genetic rings okay that means whatever genes are in that plant to make that particular, you know, terpene, whatever plastid rings are in that, that uh, resin gland disc cell, um, then that's what that plant's going to make. It won't make terpenes it can't make. It's kind of like us. We can't have blonde hair if we have the genes to only make brown hair. And um, so, I, you know, I so guess. yeah, it, it is. It is genetically specific. So now, would, is is that like a, would that be genetically modified cannabis if you tried to put OG Kush terpene? generating plastids into a land race ruderalis well yeah you probably could actually i mean I, again these these are very very expensive you know kind of manipulations right. at the cellular level but again what the guys in uh, colorado and the guys up in northern california have done is they put so many different types together that you end up with these strains that have so many different types of terpenes and you come up with these really odd fragrances like you know blue cheese and blue sky cotton candy and and all this crazy stuff, you know, this is this is because you have so many terpenes, it almost overwhelms your olfactory nerves to try and classify it. 
Yeah, and it's uh, it's also interesting to see because if you're in the right region, um, and what do you think about that as far as like plants growing in an area that's, uh, you know, that's not like indigenous to them, or well, just growing in an area that like maybe year after year and, and picking up any of the local is it does it does anything work like that like synergy between plants or anything? Is there any kind of well, here's here's what I have done because you know my I have a company called Eco Organics, and we put out a we put out a mineral product called Migro Minerals specifically for cannabis. And it, it adds like 62 different minerals out of the ocean without the salt. So you can use it year after year without building up salt content. And what it does is it provides the ionic minerals that are needed. When you grow anything in a specific area that isn't recomposting itself, you end up removing a lot of the, uh, the minerals over time and you start starving out the microorganisms and, and reducing the nutrient content in food crops or herb crops. So you know, that would change the, change the expression of these plants as well. If you don't have the minerals to trigger the genes, because that's the other thing we found out is that these minerals, these ionic minerals, actually activate the gene sequences, and without them, they just lay dormant. So it's if, if you use minerals, ionic minerals in your in your grow, you get much stronger weed, better roots, bigger roots, more production, better hair hairs off the roots. You get you know bigger colas and all that stuff because it's it's providing the plant with the genetic triggers to actually express the plant to the max. So when you have these these grows in these areas now. The, the, the places in Morocco and, and Africa, in, in Africa and South Africa and in Afghanistan, this stuff has been composting itself for years and years and years and years. It's, you know, it's just it's just growing in these, these huge growths. So the stuff just rots in the ground. The stems go back in. The minerals go back in. You right. See? Uh, the reason we're having a health problem in America is, and I'll send you the pitch on this I gave over at the, I actually was a speaker at the, the Global Forum for Innovations in Agriculture last February in Abu Dhabi is that we've stripped so many minerals out of the soil that the plants have suffered, the microorganisms have suffered, they start changing the, the subsurface decompositional chemistry into rotting instead of de decomposing. Those gases that are released like alcohol and formaldehyde attract the bugs, and instead of putting the minerals back to fix the chemistry <laughs> below surface, they put the pesticides on, which kills the bugs and kills more of the microorganisms, which are used to digest the rock enzymatically into ionic minerals. So we really have this, this downward spiral of food and an increase, an exponential increase in illnesses as the food becomes more and more empty. So, you know, this, you know, it's, it's really a real crisis that we're facing here. And like, you know, a lot of the things that's happening now in, in the industry is, is, you know, people are getting sick, not because of a lot of stuff other than the fact they're just not protected. Like I talked about iodine. Well, there's seven or eight different minerals I could talk about right now that if you're deficient and you're not going to be protected against the illnesses that we're always in contact. So really, mineral deficiency is an issue. Uh, you can fix it with some of our products. You know, if you go to Eagle Organics and look at some of the stuff we have. But you know, you know, my big thing is is food. Actually, is is creating really, really healthy food. And medicine is just a type of food. I mean, this this plant's used for ingestibles. So it's like you know, the better the the, the starting material, the better the ending material. That's for sure. <laughs> that never changes. No, yeah. that, that's the case in, in the whole step of the process. So bringing it back around, we have about two and a half minutes left, August. And I just want to tell you, you're getting an amazing reaction in the chat room. And therefore, I believe we would like to schedule you for a whole episode yes, at some point in the yes, future. for sure. Absolutely. Oh, I'd love to. That'd be great. So I'll, it, send some, I'll send you the stuff on the nutrients and food stuff. That's a huge issue that everybody should know about. Yeah, excellent, excellent. So in about uh, two minutes, we're going to wrap up. But did you have any final tips or pointers that you could give people on how they can preserve the terpenes in their grow? Yeah, I, I keep the temperature down. I keep you know, keep that air conditioner on. Keep it between 70 degrees. Don't get it to 85, 90 degrees. That just that really is hard on these plants. 
and it and it doesn't help the production of, of, of the chemicals in the sesicles. The sesicles are, are really working with a specific temperature range and also with ultraviolet B. That is the ultraviolet radiation that they need to drive the plastids and in particular the the uh, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the other uh, organ organelles inside the cells that service the plastids because if you look inside of a cell, there's a lot of, lot of structures in there. It's not just a plastid and a, and a vacuole. There's also other stuff in there that are yeah. actually providing co-compounds to allow this stuff to happen. And it's all activated with light. Plant works with light. So do people, by the way. If you, if you don't get enough light, you get seasonal affective disorder. So keep the light right and keep the temperature right and you'll have a really, really good growth. August, that's really excellent. Thank you so much for uh, appearing on the show, for teaching everyone that much about terpenes. I think it's yeah. been... Uh... No, it's great. And, and, and you know, again, the, the entourage effect just keeps rolling on. It's like it, you always should see the synergy between everything. And Well, and then when you talk... Again, I keep going back to my new theory. Ryan, you stepped out of the room when he said Rosetta Stone was actually a good metaphor. But my theory that, <laughs> that the, these, un, these unique cannabinoids uniquely enable our body uh, you know act as carriers for these compounds that all plants have and and no other plant has these carriers that are in such a way that our bodies can can experience them we have receptor sites that allow this plant to work in us we're we're built and, and you know i would say almost genetically over time and evolution that this this plant and this human being are intimately involved in genetic backgrounds i wouldn't be a bit surprised because of the receptor sites for these specific compounds, if there wasn't some divergent point where the plants, the dicots, went off and ended up making humans at one point, okay, the genetic background, you know, if you back up far enough. Right. Why would it not be that? I mean, that's really the question. Why would the human being have you know, endocannabinolic receptor sites in our brains and in our spleen? There's no reason to think that we're not part of this, this, this evolutionary pathway. And that these things, the reason we resonate so much with this plant, I got to tell you, when I grow it, I love it. I love this plant. It is, it's magical. It's electric. And living in an electric universe, that would make sense. But this, this particular plant just is so fascinating, especially when it gets into late phase. And I'm sure you guys would agree. You just go in the room and it's just like, or outside in the grow, and it's like, oh, yeah. wow. No, you get wow. a spe you get a special like you know, uh, almost yeah. unconscious relationship with the plant. There definitely exactly. has, it has its own little alien vibe to it too. Like, all right, we're doing a whole show on that. <laughs> uh, we, we got, we got to, we got to wrap it. Uh, I'm getting, no I'm getting segment wrapped August. Uh, absolute pleasure. We will absolutely bring you back on and absolutely. thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of absolutes right there. Great week. Great meeting you guys. Have a great show. You Thanks too, August. All right. And on that note, let's give big shouts to way to grow. Cause when you're trying to keep your room cool, those guys are a good way to go about it. If you're here in Colorado, it's the right? End of their last part of their sale from their, uh, this is the last week, right? So you get a yes, it is the 12 year anniversary sale. That's $13. Last week. It's like, yeah, it's like the last couple of days, dude, $6 T fives. I got to get in there. I know I need T fives really too. So you go. always need T fives. Let's go. Let's go. I go know $6 T five. That's so cheap. That's so cheap. And then do you, we get another discount if we say Adam Dunn Show account? I think you do. On top at, of the sale? At all seven at all seven shops. No. Yes. So which one should we go to? Well, we're going to go to the one probably the, my favorite. You're going to come to see me in Gun Barrel? Because I no, like the Gun Barrel's near my house. Store, man. That's I like a Gun Barrel, but my favorite's over here, Platte River. Yeah, but uh, come to see me in Gun Barrel. 
Well, anyway, I'm going to They're everywhere. There. They're everywhere. We'll figure Tyson. it out. We'll figure it out. I'm going to see Tyson when we'll I go figure, down there. Then you can find out about these other things. Tyson, though, other thing. It's not that Tyson. <laughs> it's not <laughs> Mike. Jesus. Why do you think it's every... Not Mike Tyson? It's not Mike, it's not Mike Tyson. Tyson. does not work in Wayne. Tyson like this. Not yet. No. That'd be funny, though. Nope. How about shout out to Dark Horse? Dark Horse, yes. It was so you got to spend time with Jason out in Seattle? A little bit. It's funny because in the beginning, we were supposed to take a limo ride together from the airport, and then they took off. He had his friend with him, and they took off. They went way. to handle biz. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> it wasn't a limo. Well, it was hope. a van. I was like, damn. Yeah, it, like, oh. it wasn't like a limo van? Or no, was it, it wasn't. I couldn't even smoke in it. I was like, okay. What? Yeah. It's just a van. That's like getting kidnapped. <laughs> Almost. Yeah, oh, kind of. Especially Seattle when you're expecting to smoke weed. No. Can't smoke everywhere. Though. I went in another van later, and I could. Ah, smoke there you go. But switched drivers. They switched up companies. Those guys are a good time, though, because we're going to go. The Bruce Banner Bowl he's doing is going to be. Oh, that's on May 18th, right? Yeah. Are you coming, kid? Where is it? What's so I he heard. Good, though. He, he was I heard. His booth is I heard. I heard. I heard. What? You, you heard something? I heard. Did you hear something? Bruce Banner Bowl. Maybe pop up seed bank. What's it? Maybe pop up seed bank. Pop up seed bank. I heard about that. Yeah. Did you hear about that? I did. Because I just heard about it this morning. Cool. But yeah. Well, I made it up in my mind a long time ago. And also, I think it's going to kind of be like a little. It's gonna mean like a little, little breedery, a little breedery focused type event. Yeah. We're gonna have a lot of that going on. Oh, wait, no, wait. There's gonna be a lot of that going on during that, that time period. That's it? gonna be at the Oriental Theater here in Denver. Oh, and that's your boy. Oh, so it's gonna be here. Mur- the Oriental it's Murphy's Theater. Law. It's Murphy's Law. Remember we no, talked about this. No, I know, but no, I don't, don't pretend. know them. I don't know what you're talking well, about. Well, kid, you need to do your research but because if, if you like hard March? music, April, April, it's 420 time. I don't know, man. You don't. We say it all the time. You don't listen. All well, right, I don't want to hear it. Well, Build the soil. Yeah, I talked to Jeremy oh, this man. week. He must be good because I've been sending so many people. Dude, I talked Killing to Jeremy him. this week. I'm like, if he's receiving every call of people that I've sent to him, he must be overwhelmed. I'm getting a bunch of stuff. I'm getting a bunch of everybody Build the Soil stuff. Like, yeah, I just talked to him. Like, yeah. Man, everybody yeah. Must yeah. Because he, he talks to you. Like, you call some other place and they don't tell you. But Jeremy sat there. He worked out the soil recipe. He's like, what size containers? Everything. He's awesome. He's awesome. Always, I can't recommend it. it. Buildthesoil.com. Yeah, it follows my mind when I see pictures of people brewing their own teas and taking like the time to do that stuff. So, I mean, that's really – he sits down and really takes the time to – Because so, you don't want to waste your time if you're yeah, going to put in that Yeah, it looks really in- and He wants you to succeed, which is the whole point. And yeah. then that's, you know, everything's uh, kosher. Of course. And then there's also Incredibles. Incredibles edibles. Incredibles. I, I, got, I did get some bad feedback, not on Incredibles, but on me when I had too much Incredibles. Yeah. <laughs> During the sh- which show? On the well, way out Not there? on the show, on the way out there, yeah. Can Apparently, I, just... I was a hot mess. Thanks, Incredibles. I have. They said you yeah. were a hot mess. Yeah. Incredibles didn't say I was a hot mess. I was there. I was there. Yeah, he was, was but it works. I was there. That's the point. That's Everything the point. Works. Everything works. It works. If you want to see the Peter kid Brother being Brother. a hot mess, that I will try to find. So funny, Actually, though. it's on the Adam Dunn Show Facebook. Go so to the now, Adam Dunn Show so Facebook. So what I realized is, but really quickly on that video, they have to do a a drunk history. You know, that's what so you were saying. So you do understand that. So what saying. I want to do is I want to get in touch Edibles with Derek, history. Derek Walters. And Why don't we just do our own? Well, let's do, uh, how about the Adam Dunn we show? Need, does it? Well, well, that's what I mean. We need. We should money, have people we'll, tell. We'll we should have people tell the the cannabis history on edibles. But we can already get we'll it. Tell on the OG Central. story. We can already get it on Comedy Central. OG edible story. He does it as a. I don't know if you can do Okay. Adam Dunn show international invitational. The ads. Adam Dunn show invitational. Why is this no? 
note in my list. This note is a secret. Why is it in my list? If you guys, if you received it, kid, take your headphones off. It's these jerbas, man. They're so delicious that I drink them so quickly. Yeah, he drank two of them. I always. Jesus, he's got to put a bit in too. This is like me in season one. So, Adzi, if you got an invite, you know what's up. It's legit. If you know someone who said they got a strange message from someone, Could tell been. them it's legit. Exactly. You know, and uh, get in touch. We're we're gonna do this damn thing. And it's uh, gonna and it's gonna correlate with the OG gnome. And it, well, it's gonna be the official yeah, first look at the OG gnome results. Hopefully, we got to talk to the OG gnome people, and make sure that they'll be ready in time. But additionally, yeah, man. Um, it's, it's gonna be some. There's gonna be some legends rolling through. There's already the confirmed guests are people who don't come around. That's all I have to say. And on that note, uh, of course the K K K K K. Get K. It's K from Tracom Technologies. The chat room is overflowing with extract artists and hash makers. Is extraction extraction text? He should be calling term? in a second. I did give him the right number. What are, what is our calling number? It is really snowing. Right Seven. Now. Two zero three one zero eight two three seven. Our drive back to Poland not gonna be fucking dumb, dude. What was the last part of the number? Eight two three seven tads. Eight two three seven tads. Eight two three. See, I always forget that, but it is tads, so that makes it easy when you're actually on the phone. Yeah, send it. Yeah. So, um, K is the man, obviously, when everybody thinks of the words terpenes right now, because he's pretty much. Doing what people have dreamed about, you know, running large amounts to get tiny <laughs> drops of these terpenes that are just so incredibly uh, complex. And uh, he can probably, well, I'm sure he'll break it down for everybody better. But yeah, he's uh, he's uh, a true legend. He's been on the show a few times. Also, yeah, if more and more recently. Yeah. And it was really good. It was good just hanging out with him. You know, I've talked to Kay on the show when we were in Cali. We got to actually hang out with the guy. Just a really smart guy. A lot like August in the same way, you know, just a really, really smart wa- smart guy. Um, so what hopefully was? he got that message. Oh, kid, <laughs> why don't you tell us? Go ahead. Hold on. Let's just, let's just try this. I think <clears throat> try to try to maybe sit back here, like a little farther away. A little further away from the mic. Yeah, that's a lot better. Cause I don't sound better. like I'm in space. I feel like I sound like I'm in, in a cave. You don't sound like Sometimes you cave. do. Okay. So he might have thought, because I originally was thinking around 15 more minutes, so he might be. Oh. In the lab doing some crazy work. Oh, he's doing some crazy science. No, All right. I think so. he, he'll, he'll jump in. Do you want to talk Terps then? Well, I would, would kind of like reiterate what we learned right there. Sure. Bit, so, what do you think of that? I think it's awesome that oh. somebody's taking it to the next level, too, because right now, as everybody knows, terpenes, huge, big word, big word in the industry. Overused, probably too much. <laughs> like, it's probably the most overused word right now is Terps and Terpy and this, and, and people have to now. Maybe we want to learn about them. Well, yeah, because we love them. We're gonna we're gonna explain it to death, so they're boring, right? Exactly. We're gonna kill it. I did also get. <laughs> so uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna kill terps. People kill terps. Like, I don't want to hear the word terp, bro. Uh, I got some more uh, news real quick. Dark Horse Genetics. News, 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 news. <laughs> yeah. News, 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 news. Kid, you might want to step back from the mic when you do that. Oh, yeah? yeah. <laughs> news, news. Dark Horse Genetics is proud to announce I the newest news. location, Seattle, Washington, starting March 1st. Dark Horse Genetics Medical Dispensary, Seattle, launches its newest. Oh, it's March 1st. That's like, like in that's a like week. Sunday. A week. If you're in Seattle, listeners in Seattle, check out Dark Horse's new dispensary. Uh, Seattleites, come and check out the vending machines, the strongest strain on earth with a coffee. 
Um, you know, it's it's a uh, vending machine style is also available in Dark Horse Beverly Hills if you're in Cali. It's fifty six sixty nine West Picos. Hash bar opening next week. Also, come down. Yeah. March is a good month for the Dark Horse. Wow. Where's the hash bar going to be? And oh. At that oh. 5669 West Pico in L.A. Yeah, what you forgot to announce. Well, maybe. hold on. Also, Dark Horse Denver is opening within 60 days. You can see him at the at the Cup in Denver. Nice. And I think Tommy's going to be in the booth. The exact date is going to be decided. And don't forget, of course, Bruce Banner Bowl, Oriental Theater, Murphy's Law, many special guests, $17 tickets, That's Cannabis great. Cup After Party Night 1. See you there. Super cheap. Um Remember, you told me a little news when I was out traveling, and you news. about the uh, about the uh, casinos. What's up with that? What casino? Oh, oh Blackhawk. Exactly. Yeah, I heard Canada. that in Blackhawk, Colorado. You can't sm- you can't smoke on the casino floor, but you can smoke in your smoking hotel room. You can smoke at outdoor in a cigarette smoking area, and you can smoke. At the legally required smoking lounges by every dispensary, so we are working on doing a show in in a smoking lounge live in Blackhawk, Colorado. Adam is wait, calling. Wait. Kate, what do you guess the kid? So that means that so so, so they are actually they are required. They are requiring because where else are tourists going to smoke in the casinos? They, they don't they, want that. What do they do about people leaving in vehicles or things like that? Especially when it's I don't know. What do you do at a bar? But uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like I still want to just get it and take it somewhere else. To be completely honest with you. Well, I think it's really cool to have a smoking lounge it's right dope. next door. It's cool. To I just, I mean, if you're on foot, it's awesome. Like that's really cool because you can walk there. You know, you're not going to get in trouble. But I mean, if you're driving, I just there's got to be that one cop. You know, maybe not though because it's forced there. So maybe I guess let's, let's go and try it and see how. See, it's not that far. It's only like 45 minutes from here. James uh, from Seats Here Now is bringing up DJ Shortgate in the chat room, and I'm telling him, James, we got to do a little more research before we can. Yeah, we can't. We can't just. We can it, now, Yeah, you can't just say something like that. But it is a certainly something we're investigating. Um, we're working on getting K. I've never said that sentence before. <laughs> sure. Get it? Yeah. Did you guys get the joke? I'm did not you into guys things that slow Did you down. listeners get that one? All right, kid. You going to carry the show, bud? It's getting heavy. It's out. Okay. No K? Okay? Uh, Maybe he thinks twelve thirty is his time, which is ten minutes from now. Ten minutes, if cool. He's, he's usually pretty reliable and on point. He's overly reliable and on point. That's, well, that's, that's true. He so is like probably, a chemist. He probably remembered what I said, and he's probably going to be on on Here that point. Six one zero number six one zero two nine nine. That's not K though. No, pick it up. Come on, pick it up. Who is it? Let's see who it is. Isn't six one zero? Hello, who we hey, got there? Hey Ryan, look, you need some content? I could add content if you want to talk terpenes. This is Mark Sheldon. Mark, uh, yeah, yeah. Our, our, our fill-in brain. Ten minute, ten minute fill-in brain. Do it, Mark. Mark, bring it on. Yeah. So, uh, great discussion, man. I, I actually I was taking notes and, and doing all kinds of web searches. Wait, Doctor Mark was taking notes. August Dunning. Yeah, Props yeah. to August. I'll, 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 I will forward you the uh, materials actually that August gave me. I'm going to just post them on our Facebook right now. That's uh, awesome. Um, yeah, this is great. What you guys are doing here is really breaking down a lot of the uh, 
science that really underpins what we all know is that this stuff tastes and works wonderfully, and all the chemical constituents that um, that come along with uh, with cannabis is yeah, I mean it's a unique combination of uh, cannabinoids. As August said, you know our bodies are hardwired to react with these molecules and to extend the lock and key analogy. Jason loves this one. The, I the love the lock and key too, uh, Dr. Actually, Mark. Actually, Ryan loves it the most. The, the, uh, yeah, the, it's probably my favorite. I mean, and you know, I think it's just because me and Adam were like sitting in Vegas and we could barely get the show to work on the iPad and we finally got it working and we listened for maybe 25 minutes and he made this analogy and he goes, you know, genetics it's uh and, and i know what he was trying to say i was talking it's about cannabinoids like, i wasn't talking about cannab- whatever it was that you were speaking about <laughs> it, it's like a key you know you you, you turn it a bunch <laughs> no. and then it works and that's what you said though okay that's, okay and we were like wait that doesn't well, doesn't bring bring sense, bring bring mark favorite, back on okay sorry sorry so dr that. mark the kid has had yeah, too much so, caffeine so yeah, really we'll, jacked we'll, up we'll, we'll forgive ryan he's from pennsylvania sorry so, um, so can we talk about like that balance is what's fascinating me here that these terpenes are in every plant, and cannabis is the only one that manages. Yeah, I mean, to I, okay. So terpenes are a wide variety of molecules, and you can't you can say that they're in every plant, and that is true. But the, the different types of terp, like you're not going to find the mix of terpenes you find in, in in different plant species are unique to those plant species. Right. So yes, while it's true that limonene is a uh, essentially a byproduct of the orange juice industry and, and comes from the industrial limonene supply comes from the citrus industry and and so these molecules are ubiquitous and they do serve a variety of different functions in different plants uh, mostly as protectants but also attractants and again there's an evolutionary uh, reason why these things exist in the plant they don't just exist there because uh, they just like to be there. I mean, there's a reason why they're there, and we're beginning to understand, again, how um, everything is related in terms of the biochemical pathways that make terpenes. And there is, uh, this is what you were asking for before, Mitch, a particular enzyme that um, is coded for by a gene that needs to, just as August was saying, be stimulated in the right way to be expressed such that you get an expression of this gene, which basically codes for the enzyme that's responsible for coupling uh, um, the uh, olestevic acid along with uh, perennial, uh, 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 or geranial, I'm sorry, uh, pyrophosphate. And so that is a key, key carbon bond formation that makes CBGA, which is essentially the um, uh, the beginning of the uh, formation of cannabis cannabinoids in the plant. And the wonderful thing about that is you'd ask yourself, well, why does this particular biochemical pathway evolve in this particular plant? And again, that's the magic of, of, of cannabis. And just as August was saying, it's the real secret of life is the merging of, of humans with this plant, which, you know, like it or not, we are hardwired to interact with the compounds present in it. Like it or not. Like it or not. Oh, Adam's on the phone with Kay. I'm trying to get on the phone. No, 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 no. no. Stick with us, Mark. We got. We. I want to. I want to pick your brain for like seven more minutes here. 
So. Oh sure, okay, sure. I don't want to steal Kay's. No, no, no. As soon as, as soon as as soon as Kay calls in, I'll I'll let you know. But in the meantime, you're our guest guest smart our guest brain, as Adam said. So, are terpenes in our body? Do they go through the same pathways that cannabinoids do? Are they connected in any way in our body, or is it just the way those two compounds interact chemically, in general? Um, I think there's some very new research that shows that terpenes not only enable permeability through uh, cell membranes where the cannabinoid receptors are uh, need, need to basically be not only available to bind, but they need to be essentially, um, the, the receptors are, are um, on, on, on uh, in some cases, on the surface of the cell. And so the cells have to be stimulated with a signal to, to, to express those receptors on the cell surface so they can be present to, re- to react. And, and, and so there is some um, recent research that shows that beta-caryophylline and some of the other sesquiterpenes, which are the larger uh, terpenes that are in cannabis, have an effect to attenuate the uh, expression of CB1 and CB2 receptors that are present on the cell. So what they do is they create more locks for the keys to interact in. And again, the analogy that that Jason likes is I think of the lock as the receptor and the cannabinoids or the the molecules from the plant as as different keys, and different keys fit into different, different receptors. And whether or not the key opens up the receptor or not determines whether it's an agonist or an antagonist. An antagonist basically closes receptor and agonist opens it up. So these things all have, um, again, through Professor Mishulam's work, shown to interact with one another because when they isolate the individual components and test them on their own, we don't see the activity that you see in whole plant extracts. So there is some magic in the uh, concentration of the various components that are in there to give the activity that's observed. And so now I want to, this makes me curious about, I feel like if humans have been in a, interacting with cannabis for who knows how long, right? And obviously they've been interacting with other plants for pretty much as long. Has there not been some prior investigation of these interactions of experiential like the properties of using these things together well um i think uh, uh jim has pointed this out before so part of the water soluble fraction of terpenes um uh when you're making water hash or basically solvate the water soluble fractions and there was one particular one i want to say it's terpenol but i'm not sure that that one was it but it was a um a monoterp that basically um had what they call an expectorant um activity which is basically a cough suppressant mechanism to um, suppress coughing. So um, Jim and I kind of stewed on this for a little while, and we thought that that might be one of the reasons why perhaps the water hash might be a little harsher than, say, like a dry sift or something like that, where you're not removing that water-soluble thing that might, again, have some activity uh, in the vapor phase as you bring it into your lungs. Yeah, that's interesting, because also when you... uh when you try to dab uh, water hash, it's very hard to get that flavor that you get when you hit it with a flame, you know, which is also like, you know, kind of seems counterintuitive in your mind. But like I've tried to, to, you know, do dab. You can do it on a, when you do it on a screen, it's okay. Yeah. 
but when you do it directly right on the nail. the nail, it just doesn't seem to work. And I think it's yeah, that's interesting. Maybe right. And there's just been I'm sure you guys have seen this. There's been a lot of interesting discussion on the on the Facebook um, uh, 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 pages. On uh, I think it was uh, Jen Devitt put a post up there about um, crystallization, whether that was a bad or good thing, and it led to a really nice discussion and informative thread where I tried to just give everybody a, a, a basic background on crystallization and emulsion formation like we see with butters or like with whipped um, concentrates. And, you know, there's there's plenty of analogies to the common foods that we use every day uh, in, in terms of crystallization, you know, with sugars and, uh, you know, formation of butters like butter itself, which is basically an oil and water emulsion. Uh, uh, that's similar to essentially what what uh, what you make when you do have a uh, a uh, water containing uh, or a cannabis oil concentrate that contains water that is going to form some type of emulsion. And so yeah, the, the, the concentrates and certainly the amount of waxes and, and 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 fatty acids that could be in there from again the extraction process. Um, these molecules are particularly not volatile and will thermolytically decompose on the nail to either give char or perhaps noxious molecules, maybe not the molecules that you want to be breathing in. And uh, I wanted to take that when you're talking about volatility. I mean, one of the things that came across in August's, August's materials and him appearing on the show was that terpenes are extremely volatile on the live plant, uh, and that's the case, obviously, in a finished product as well. And from the little brushing up I did before the show, it seems that like monoterpenes are the most volatile. Oh, could you turn your turn the show down, Mark? It sounds like it's uh, feedbacking, echoing. Yeah, no, I'm not. Uh, the show's not on okay. at all. So just just weird weird connection. Uh, but yeah, can you talk about the volatility of, of monoterpenes versus the larger terpenes? Yeah, so a, 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 a terpene is a is a ten carbon containing molecule, and um, a stressless terpene. Uh, so um, it, it contains two isoprenes. So isoprene is a, is a, is a, is a five-carbon-containing molecule, and when you put two isoprenes together, you make the monoterpene uh, framework, which is a 10-carbon framework. And most of the common monoterpenes, things like uh, limonene, uh, uh, pinene, uh, these are all uh, common con constituents in, in most uh, cannabises. And I think, you know, there's been a lot of work show like Jack Herrera and Chemdog are high and piney. Right. Um, uh, skunk number one and Kush have a lot of, of myrcene in it. Um, myrcene is a very musky, uh, clovey kind of compound where piney is more uh, piney and sweet. Uh, these, when you combine them, our nose and our, our the way our body senses flavor, again, you can take two things that don't smell like uh, the, the product and then combine them and completely come up with a new fragrance in and of themselves because of the way that they, they synergize with one another, similar to the entourage effect. And, and, so, um, and, 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 and possibly neutralize each other, too. That's also, you know, there, there's also a, that, that coming into effect where something could be, you know, not good. Counteractive. <laughs> Counteractive yeah. in the sense. You know. So, right. I, I, right. Want, I wanted to ask on that synergy. Is that is that synergy happening? Is there like a chemical synergy happening? Or or is it happening biochemically inside you? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't like the word entourage effect because entourage just to me is just kind of like a negative kind of thing. I like to think it's just a, there's a synergy, synergy between yeah. these compounds and, and these components that we don't really fully understand because the research hasn't been uh, made. Well, the material's not made available okay, we for folks to do Kay's to do in, kid. research. But Kay, certainly, up. like when you look at like teriopoli. Oh, and now we have and the, joining the, the kid dumped him well, rather than merging. It doesn't, it doesn't oh. Sorry, you Sorry. have to merge the calls. You have to merge calls. It's Sorry. all right. If Dr. Mark calls back, we'll bring him in. But, Katie, Sorry, we Dr. have you on the line. We just dumped I got a, I got a medical Kay. question to ask the doctor anyway, <laughs> so we can <laughs> pull back later. Hey, Kay, okay. how you doing? I'm good. How about yourself? <sighs> good, brother. I need to get... Thank I, you very much for having me. I really appreciate it, Adam. I always love the Adam Dunn show. Yeah, it was great seeing you uh, in San Bernardino. That was uh, definitely a fun time. And were you on the mic with us when we, we got shut down? Wasn't it you? Or were you uh, no, no. no. I was, uh, <laughs> that was Saturday night. Or, oh, yeah, that was Saturday night. Uh, we were all good on Saturday night. That's true. That's true. So uh, we've been discussing terpenes today, and it's getting kind of getting kind of juicy. Kind of juicy. I don't know if you've been following the discussion so far. At least smelly. <laughs> at least smelly, right? Yeah, at least smelly. <laughs> Uh, no, I was on a call. I couldn't hear the earlier. No, no worries. So, so pretty much what happened? Uh, we started talking about how terpenes are involved in the synthesis of the first cannabinoid compounds, and how it's an interaction. Oh, I have all my notes, but I've now lost it. Within within the disc cell, that leads to the creation of cannabinoids. And we have this whole long theory, but really what makes it more interesting is that uh, we're now starting to play around with extracting terpenes. So now we can start tweaking the levels of terpenes in concentrates. And I think that's where I'm interested in bringing you into the discussion. Yeah, you know, tweaking the, 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 the contents of the terpenes. It's, you know, uh, right now I, I, I just uh, contacted a lab about nuclear magnetic resonance testing. And they explained to me that the peaks were very similar and close on some of these compounds. So long story short, I'm still trying to even validate. I mean, I've got bottles of fluid that, you know, most labs can test for 30 terpenes or something like this, but I can't even validate how many terpenes are in a bottle that I have. So, I mean, that's how much of an infancy in this industry we're in for real. That You know, I mean, there could be potentially 300 compounds in that bottle. There could be 100. I, I can't even quantify 100% what's in there. And, you know, that gets down into our basic foundation of, you know, you read these figures that there's between 130 and 160 terpenes in cannabis. And, and you know, I at first swallowed it like everybody else, but then I asked myself, where did this data come from? And then I'm someone that's read the Research uh, Institute of Pharmaceutical Sciences papers that come out of university for the last 30 years. And I realized that 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 data was probably antiquated, meaning that the person, Foley Mishulam or someone that did that research, probably took some old seized marijuana that had been dried, over-dried, stored, and then they did this uh, steam distillation, and after steam distillation, they purged up their, their fluids with some other kind of heat, and then after that, they did their analyzation with the GCMS or something like that. So, you know, they took old destroyed product and, and did three different heat applications and gave me a 130 to 160 figure. This is ridiculous. I mean, you know, to do that properly, you'd have to use new modern world genetics with high terpene contents that we've selectively bred for and diversified into incredible things like tangerine and blueberry and all these other flavors and smells that we're dealing with now. You would take that product wet, then after that you would extract the terpenes, and after that you would go 
finalization, not a GCMS where you squirt it through a flame. So I can hypothesize that there's many more than 130 and 160 in the cannabis plant as well as diversity within. But I can't verify or validate that. It's just it's just hypothesis at this point. It's very, very frustrating for me. Um, you know, and, and then you get into further separation, like you're going to, you know, take and, you know, get, let's say, linalool, and, 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 you know, if you wanted to compound with a higher level of this, because it has been shown to lower the stress level of the rat by 80%, and it's like, hey, I'll take that all day long, you know? So that's that's kind of the frustrating thing is, is for every answer I get, it opens up five questions, and those open up five questions, and that's what keeps me in it, and that's what keeps me fascinated by the whole thing. But it also is just the basic premise that we know so little about it, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. We've like picked up on, I mean, in the last five years, though, it's kind of leaps and bounds of where we're going from where we were. I mean, I remember, oh, for sure. you know, before we didn't even know why we got high. Now we kind of cleared, <laughs> we've, we've cleared that sort of up. And then now it's all these, you know, other underlying parts that we don't understand. It's kind of like the human brain. I mean, you know, we've studied, been studied so much, yet there's so much unknowns, you know? And, yeah, for sure, for sure. And you could ask, you know, yeah. you know, and it's a lot of hypotheses and there's a lot of, you know, potential, uh, you know, we might have, we might have cracked some codes, but there's definitely not, uh, there's so much out there. And I think right now, because of these, uh, terpenes and like we, like I was saying to Mitch, I think terpene is probably the most overused word in the, in the modern cannabis slang slang right now. Yeah. It's become quite a buzzword. It was, you know, two years ago it was CBD and now it happens to be terpene. So there you go. Yeah. And it was like also, uh, yeah, it was, uh, uh, phenotype was a huge one for a while there. You know? yeah, so was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then everyone had to re- realize they were talking about genotypes, and then they're like, "Oh, we actually maybe not." You know, so and, 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 every kid wants to appear sophisticated, more sophisticated than his friend, right? Of course, of course. So there's always a buzzword. <laughs> there's always a new hot buzzword. Oh yeah. So what can we create the new hot buzzword right now? Okay, tell us about the because I've noticed that that when people talk about terpenes, they all they also have to talk about. Uh, other compounds that coexist with terpenes. Well, just yeah, it's funny that you know there's two classifications. There's terpenes, and then there's terpenoids. And it's like, well, geez, it took me a while to wrap, wrap my head around. Okay, well, what's the significant difference? And it's like, well, you know, after they're 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 starting to let's say decompose or oxidize, so those those compounds turn to other or heat applied, uh, uh, light applied, or any of these things those things convert to other things. They degradate, you know, and and so it's interesting to see how little we don't know just uh, about the, the, the conversion of them. Um, so like uh, uh, getting back down to the, 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 the knowledge of the whole base, uh, you know, uh, the Handbook of Essential Oils says there's between 30 and 40,000 terpenes available in nature. I mean, that's an incredible disparity right there. And I asked myself for a bit, well, why, why doesn't modern-day science know if there's 30 or 40? And it's like, ah, some of those are so small, so minute, and there's no financial reward for investigation, whether it's, you know, for, for medicine or anything else, that, you know, we still don't know if there's 30 or 40,000 terpenes available in nature. So something as unexplored as cannabis, I mean, the, 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 the information's just not there. It's, it's, well, the terpenoid, in uh, my mind, would be that little noid thing that 
wrecked all the pizzas. That's what I was thinking. Damn terpenoids. Did you love the Noid? I love the Noid. Did you? I don't know. Uh-huh. I, was kind of, I wasn't really a big Noid fan uh, or anything. Huge but fan. Yeah. Where, did you like the little center things they set up? That, that was an anti-Noid thing? I don't know. You don't remember that? No, that I was, was a kid, point, They had the little disc they, they put on your Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The anti-Noid thing. I like that. Yeah, yeah, The pizza tables. See, everybody's excited now. tables in the middle of the pizzas? I brought it down to our level now. But they prevented the Noid away. They kept the Noid away. I don't do you know understand the, why, because the pizza tables... Do you know tables, what the Noid is? Are you talking about the pizza tables in no. pizza boxes? Yeah, but we're talking about... Do you know what the Noid is, kid? No. Oh, see? Okay. Anyway, so Kay. Some, some, some ad man right there, you just made very, very happy. It was like, <laughs> or some ad agency. It's like, look, dude, we did that, we did that thing 20 years ago, and these, these stoners are still ago. laughing. See? <laughs> That's my job. But the sophisticated folks in the chat room are not here. To hear about the noise. <laughs> but for real, tell me those pizza tables aren't. Don't you wish that they were in every pizza box that you got, though? Because if you get more than really? one pizza. Uh, really? Kid. kid. I'm kid. just saying, if you get Put more than one pizza. In. Slow down. The other pizza squishes the box on top of the cheese and shit gets all fucked up. It's That's sucks. why they have the noid protector. They don't exist anymore. Nobody fucking makes those noids anymore. Tables. All right. I used to take kid. them. Kid. Like, we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All about the noid is not the name right. of the episode. Right. This is pizza terpenes. Okay. So, the difference, so the difference between terpenes and terpenoids, Kay. Can you can you explain that? And then uh, what are flavonoids? I've seen that word thrown around in that Flavin. mix too. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's my understanding that terpenoids are are are, are, are degraded terpenes, uh, or can not completely degraded, but converted. You know, uh, that one chemical once exposed to oxygen light will convert to another. So that's that's kind of my loose explanation. Is is, is terpenoids are are degraded terpenes, um, which doesn't make them bad, but they aren't the original composition. You know, um, you know, people say, well, I can get so, I can get terpenes like by, by, steam, kind of by, by steam distillation, but those terpenes that are captured by steam distillation were applied to they had heat applied to them, if not once, multiple times, as well as water and steam, etc. So. The, the terpenes you're going to get from a steam distillation or a rotary vaporization or any of that kind of stuff is going to be degraded. It's going to be considered an artifact, and those would be considered terpenoids rather than terpenes. Terpenes would be extracted fresh off the plant in their whole state. And let's say that they start volatizing at 50 degrees uh, uh, Fahrenheit. So, you know, just that simple act of drying in the handbook of essential oils, it gives you pages and pages and pages of, which I love, quantitative data, realistic multi-million dollar studies went into this data to show me the difference between a wet plant and a dry plant, a wet plant and a dry plant, 30 different plants. And it basically correlated and told me that the simple act of drying it, you lose 90% of the terpenes available on that plant. And that's without any heat. And then if you go and try to do some stupid, like put it in the CO2 extractor, you want to over-dry it, which means you cook all the terpenes out, then the carbonic acid destroys the rest, and you get some flavorless, tiny, limonene goop. That's right. kind of why that doesn't taste like anything. Right. Yeah. Um, and so text from Dr. Mark. Terpenes have the molecular formula C5H8. Terpenoids have oxygen in the molecules, not necessarily degraded. But if they got oxidized, kind of out, it would that's be That's kind of how everything happened. is when it, usually when it gets oxygen in it. So to some extent, you do want to avoid the noid. Is correct, right? Yeah, Avoid yeah, well, the that's noid. That's why I try to walk. <laughs> that's why I walk around. I try to walk around with a guy with three H PhDs behind me to, to to clean up my verbiage. So to speak. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's why we <laughs> keep, we keep one in the fold too. <laughs> yeah, we 
have a yeah, I hang out here just to make sure everything sounds good. They keep me around just to make sure everything's copacetic. Hey, you, know you make I mean? us sound smart. That's why we have you around here. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and in that, before I put my foot in my mouth, you'd probably be the best to ask for a definition of a flavonoid. <laughs> Dr. Mark, can you please de- text the definition of a flavonoid? Can you also ask no, him no, if no. I'm going to die because no. I swallowed my tongue ring? No, that, that would save him the time of correcting me. <laughs> Fair enough, Dr. Mark, proactively then. Uh, so, Kay, I mean, so you're isolating vials of of just pure terpenes, not the uh, essentially the essentially the essential oil of cannabis. It's the full blend of terpenes. It's not any specific terpene. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm getting all three fractions. I'm getting the monoterpenes, diterpenes, and terpenes. And you know, it, it's interesting in the fractions that I'm getting them and separating them. They they don't mix. You know, so they're 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 three distinct different things. It's 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 pretty incredible. So are they not mixed in the plant? Are they like independently? They're not just like all uh, flowing yeah, in no, one if fluid. You, if you mixed them back to their original ratios, they they would they would uh, they would emulsify again. But since you've got them separated in their purest forms, you know the ratios aren't right. And one you know once you know, uh, not hydrophobic because that implies water. But you know uh, it's 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 similar to to water and oil. You know, they just will, one will not accept the other. But but uh, the interesting thing is, is you know, you're thinking oils and and these, this composition is is of an oily viscosity. It's not. It's more of a akin to an alcohol because there's like five different alcohols in this compound too, and, and they will actually absorb into your skin. And they're they're incredibly powerful. I mean, to get two grams, I had to do an extract from 75 pounds of dry material. That's crazy. So Seventy-five you know, pounds doing. of dry material made two pounds total across the three. No, 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 no. Three, three grams. grams. <laughs> three grams, liquid gra- fluid grams. Wow. Yeah, because you're dealing with zero point one percent of a starting product. You know, in that, if the current value of a uh, 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 CBD is um, uh, sixty thousand a kilo at ninety-five percent pure right now, I think it's a little bit less than that. But you're starting with a product, uh, the original plant, that can have as much as 20% CBD in there. That tells me the terpenoids are 20 times more valuable than the cannabinoids, be it CBD. I mean, because they're, 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 so, they're so fleeting, they're so hard to get. You, and and that, you're never going to get a 50-gram a piece of uh, concentrate and collect uh, eyedropper full those of are, Those are your unicorn tears, I guess, at and that point. Right? It's, a, it's a whole different thing. It's a, it's a much larger industrial scale to get those fluids. And, and uh, but, you know, in that, if people, you know, uh, we, we, we don't know what these things are or what they do. Um, I was in a lab, a very famous lab, not too long ago, and uh, the, the assistant professor said, yeah, but I'll, I'll, I'll bet it's uh, very, very hydrophobic. And I was, had played with it in, in water before, and I was like, no, that's the unusual thing. It, it, it jumps in water. It loves water. And it's like, Really? And we screwed some in, and it jumped in water, made it milky color, never separated, never rose to the top, sunk to the bottom, or any of that kind of stuff. So, I mean, they're very, very fascinating compounds. They'll, they'll trick you and do the exact opposite of what you think they would do. And how and how apropos, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But it's funny because I'll have this little bottle of terpenes, and you know, some of my friends say, "What happens if you drink that?" And it's like. Ooh, I don't think it would end pretty. I don't, I don't think uh, your body is able to process that. I think it would be by Ipecac and you would end up like projectile vomiting because I don't think your body could handle that much of all those chemicals. I've seen it. It's a caustic uh, semi. It, I've seen it uh, uh, upset the molecular structure of plastic and break lids off 
I know yeah. I've seen it do some pretty harsh things. So I can only imagine if someone drank one of those, uh, a gram of it, even it would just not be not be pretty. And that's something interesting right there you were saying, um, because uh, back in the day I noticed and confirmed it with Watson and Clark back in the day as far as like why certain strains are more caustic than others as far as storage. Like I would have um, anything with haze in it tends to eat rubber like bands, rubber bands or rubber seals or inside of a jar. And and indicas don't do it at all. It's weird. And I was always like, huh, how come that happens? And and then Rob explained to me something along those lines about it being, oh yeah, it's haze. Oh yeah, that's, you know, then he, they knew about it already because even if you just like wrapped a rubber band around a plastic bag of haze, it would just come, it fall apart. It gets all brittle, it, yeah. And it would just yeah. split apart. Yeah. So is that that's kind of what you're saying, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that would be the terpenes. That would be the terpenes. In a small parts per billion, you can imagine, but it's like parts per million. Right. And I mean, if you can imagine the haze must have you know a very distinctive profile compared to um most of these other strains that are good because it's it's hard one to nail down too sometimes like you, absolutely you have 10 say you have like a 100 haze you know so-called pure haze or whatever closest to and you might only get two that actually fit your profile that you think of what you're looking for you know if that yeah e- easy to get to the bottom of it if we had a lab that would give us a hundred percent quantitative analysis i could bring him a gram of pot or a gram of concentrates and the numbers would reflect 100 percent. but we're not there yet i mean and, and we're still full of so much uh speculation i mean you know i've got jars full of empty resin glands and i hypothesize what are they um i'm sorry empty they, so you, you mean know? you mean you have the resin gland just the shell, just that waxy cuticle? Just the, well, is it a waxy cuticle? I well, know the waxy yeah. cuticles on the outside surface of the leaf. And, you know, me and Rob and Dave and a few other people, Cameron and Don and many other lab individuals, they, they uh, uh, hypothesize and speculate what they are. But I've yet to see a piece of paper that told me definitively exactly what they are. And the correlation meaning, uh, if, can I feed the plant more of that? And, and, and get more of it or accentuate or, or influence in any way. I mean, you know, I want to know what these compounds are, but nobody can tell me exactly, definitively, 100% what they are. You know, I mean, you're not, not the current cannabis labs anyway. You have to start dealing with other labs that analyze different ways or fragrance labs or stuff, you know? It right. seems like um, it'd be pretty easy. Well, it doesn't seem like easy, but it seems like it'd be something where you would be able to find certain strains that just don't produce hardly anything and the only produce those the outside because you know yet you've had dud strains which there seems like there's nothing in them at all you know what i mean it's just a bunch it of looks great but it doesn't do anything exactly so you may be on sure, those strains sure. to see so, i mean i you know i have so again for everything i answer it opens up five different questions i mean i'm still wondering to myself what's the outer shell of a resin plant yeah. and you know ridiculous stuff like this that we should have you know had the answers to a long time ago and as you said, it, it, it should be easy. Well, it should be easy, but, you know, um, a lot of the testing and, and, and equipment that we, we, we would need, let's say just to even validate how many terpenes are in cannabis, you know, if, if, if the Handbook of Essential Oil says there's 30 to 40,000 terpenes available in nature, then you would get the said such 30, 40,000 standards for said such terpenes, and you would, uh, 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 you would standardize your, your equipment and therefore you could analyze for all this. But the, po- 
cost of all those standards would be millions of dollars, so to speak. And, and even some of those, you're, it's been said to me, well, here's the, here's the 30 peaks. And it's like, okay, there's the 30 peaks. What's the rest? Uh, I don't know. And it's like, do you, do you know that those little peaks can, uh, collectively aren't really responsible for, for what you're, you're saying things are doing? Um, meaning that, you know, some of those things, those terpenes are sulfur-based. They're very, very light, very fleeting. Again, they started volatilizing at, you know, 55, 60, 65 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. You know, if you smell pot in your grow room, the terpenes are evaporating. There you go. Right. That's what's going on, you know. Well, yeah, or, that's or, where, you know, that, we'll get, get the radiant heat under the lights or any of that kind of stuff. That's but, that's all that know. great smell that you're smelling that you're not going to get to smell later. Exactly. So the more they exactly. smell in the room, the probably yeah. the less they're going to have in the bag. So I do have a check-in from Dr. Mark. Flavonoids are 15-carbon-containing molecules like sesquiterpenes. Sesquiterpenes. There we go. That are ubiquitous in plants and serve many key functions like nitrogen fixation. They have hormone-type bioactivity in humans from cancer, inflammation, and heart disease. And uh, Dr. Mark also agrees with you. It's all about the little peaks. Yeah, yeah, those little peaks, uh, you know, and, and right now we're, we're not able to even quantify those little peaks. I mean, I've, I've taken, you know, pure terpene samples to multiple labs, and, yeah, you know, their, their equipment goes crazy, and I say, well, is that just a basic compound? They say, no, that's a very, very sophisticated compound. And one expert said, dude, there's a fuckload of terpenes in there, and I was like, Great. Can you can you write that up on a piece scientifically of paper? speaking? Yeah. yeah and, you know, <laughs> what does that mean to me? You know. So uh, you know, does only do only plants have terpenes? Does anything else in nature produce terpenes? Um. I mean, I, I want to say no. You know, like I mean, dirty, like dirty hippie, dirty hippie peen or something. You know? <laughs> dirty hippie. Dirty hippie, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. so patchouli, it's kind of a patchouli so, rank to it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, you get into the class of the separation of essential oils and things and stuff. That's when they just really, rub too many know, essential oils on their body yeah, over a week. terpenes, but they're not, you know, so, so. So I think some people but, missed your point on the outside of a resin gland. Some people are saying the outside of a resin gland is a modified cuticle, etc. that's wax. No, I think the point being made is that we all know that. We've all read that. But who's really proven it scientifically? Yeah, is that I what you're saying? Yeah, I want to paperwork for this. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, I, I, I can double advocate it and say, yes, they're absolutely correct, and I completely agree with what they're saying. But, ah, come on, man, I just want to see the paper. Right. You know? I mean, You believe it, you just don't know it. it. My head. You know, and, 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 and if I, in that vein, if that's all it is, so it's, 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 it's more beneficial for me to take the fluid out or leave it in. Some people say that the solvent latash is much better, that the whole composition, undisturbed, you know, uh, you know, composition of the matter, so to speak, and, and that it's, it's much better. And I say, well, on a health aspect of it, I, I suspect that uh, the extracted uh, uh, version would be better, you know, as long as there's no residual solvents and garbage and stuff, you know? Right. You well, know, be, be it if I got, you know, 300 tons uh, of material and I process it and I end up with 300 pounds of empty resin glands, is it better that I took them out? Right. Or, or is there some effect that, or, or do the resin glands, I mean, it feels like... <laughs> resin glands. Resin glands. <laughs> it feels like, I don't know, it feels different to smoke hash than smoking oil made out of the same strain. Experientially. Yeah, but, I, but if I gave you a pipe loaded full of those empty resin glands, you wouldn't be too pleased with me. <laughs> That's an awesome April Fool's Day joke. Yeah. You know, 
<laughs> same as like, ooh, look at that 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 that, that, that red hairs on that weed. And it's like, yeah, I come I come from back in the day. So you know, it was like, oh, are they good? I don't know. We'll take a phonograph. There used to be a thing called a record, and it had a little clear thing that went over the top. And if you slide it back and forth on a carpet, it, it developed static electricity. And I come from a background of having access to a whole lot of Northern California good seedless marijuana. We put it in there. We slid it back and forth. We collected all the hairs, rolled the joint, and got blessed. It was nasty. That's, that's terrible. That that's science, though, okay. There you go. There you go, science. And then that, I tried that with Jamaican weed, too, because I used to, at the end of a pound of weed, it was just all hairs. hairs you know yeah. what I mean? And I was like, ooh, this is going to be great. And it was like burnt, burnt hairs, really, is what it's going to be. hair. It tastes like hair. So have you have you done that with the empty trichome shells yet? Uh, no, I've got jars of them. I'm not brave enough to puff on them. I'll pack a bowl of them. Come on, Chad. You would to... coach me next time. We'll, you saw the post we'll about the termites and the butterflies? <laughs> Terpenes and butterflies? No. Terpenes and butterflies. I plant waxes, and I got a whole bunch of compounds that came out of cannabis so I can basically take a, pallet, or, you know, a, a bag of pot and separate it into 10 different components, you know? But what those are, I can't even, right. you know. I'm not sure I mean, yet. And it gets, it gets as simple as, like, you know, this stuff floats on water and this stuff doesn't. It's like, hey, man, what makes the difference between the stuff that floats and the stuff that doesn't? And if I collect all the stuff off the top that doesn't, that does float, what is it? You know, and, you know, the chemists just look at me like, we can't tell you and leave me alone. You know, and it's just, <laughs> I, I just... It's a secret. You know, You're not allowed to know. Better. You're not like the kid who asks too many questions. Yeah. Okay, do you, have yeah. you found any cars following you? No, no. I, I, I'm a research facility. I don't sell products to the public. I don't deal with the public in any way. I don't sell to dispensaries. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm just, a, you know, an information disseminator, if you will. I love it. Uh, someone in the chat room, Matt Mackey, says termites and swallowtail butterflies emit terpenes from their osmetria. Osmetaria. Excuse me. There osmetaria. So, osmetaria? So osmetarias. <laughs> Thanks for, thanks for clearing yeah, that up. You know, it, it gets, uh, as I said, it gets into splitting hairs. You know, if you, you, you might not read that in the Handbook of Essential Oils, but you might read it in another book. And that's kind of the fascinating thing is, like, you know, there is so little literature on, you know, if you get back down into the 70s, the U.S. government read oil and, you know, the stuff from cannabis alchemy or the marijuana chemistry, and then you get into Schumach's book, and then you get into Rob Clark's book. There's, there's very little literature on this stuff. So myself, I... I it's not available to me, so that's not what I look at. I go look at the fragrance industry. I go look at the flavor industry, be it hops or, you know, I, I sit and listen to lectures on hops, and they're using hop extracts to put in beers now to enhance the hop flavor and all kinds of different stuff like that. But, you know, there's thousands of years of research into the fragrance industry and, you know, from, from you know, stuff that a whale poops out to, to stuff from little animals, you know what I mean? Uh, as you said, you know, uh, insects and, you know, the, the, the flavor and fragrance industry is, is, is a wealth of information. And so that's that's where I go. I mean, some of the books are, you know, from the 50s and 60s and what stuff. You... And even if I just get one paragraph that I learned something from, I consider it. What uh, would you think about? Success. Hey, Kay, what would you think about just throwing something out there? But what would you think about, like, ambergris? You know, ambergris? Yeah, and Burgess, that's what yeah. I was saying. Oh, oh, yeah, sorry. I heard you say whale, so I was just like thinking, now, is that got anything related to the terpene family or anything? Cause it's, it's... No, not, not terpene. You know, you can classify it as a terpene. I mean, it is in essence in, in, in itself, but again, there you get into splitting hairs. You know, there's some some, some kid out there Googling this right now that's going to come back to you in five minutes and say, 
well, you know. So yeah. I mean, myself, I, I would I wouldn't uh, consider consider ambergris uh, or the resulting compounds of. Uh, uh, extracts if you will a terpene you know? so one yeah. thing dr mark just texted me terpenes made and used by insects to communicate with each other it's a whole field of chemical ecology so apparently a lot of uh and amber ambergis is a sesquiterpene and i learned how to say that yeah. word sesquiterpene there you yeah go. and then you know then, then that leads into pheromones and everything else so you know you know Whoa. all related compounds you know which makes them even more interesting yeah because they're then they're hormonally uh sort of con- uh, connected to in a sense yeah and like i said it gets back down and i'm fascinated that one compound lineable lowers the stress level in a rat by 80 percent I-, I want that in my life i want it now 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 now, now. <laughs> I, I need mean, it you know, talk, 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 talk about a cure for 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 tobacco consumption etc cetera, etc cetera. i mean I, I think the world needs their, lo- their stress level lowered by 80 percent so if that's just one compound in that that you know and you know, it's not like, oh, well, I'm just going to start doing that one thing. I, I say and believe wholeheartedly in the synergistic effect of all those things. Everything must be present. And that's when I see uh, compounds at, at, at the cuts. And it's like, okay, well, you took something and you, you stripped the hell out of it. And then you, you paid a guy to formulate uh, a terpene profile out of 30 available terpenes on the, the Internet. This is just never, never going to mimic the or even come close to the original compound or Strain, flavor, smell, whatever you're going to go. Sure, for. right. Go all the for. all the I complexity mean, and subtlety it's the same, of it. It's same as when anybody, like, I mean, how many attempts at perfume have been done and they've always failed? They've always been like, well, that kind of smells grassy, like green grassy, yeah. like cut grass or yeah, something. Well, That's about as close like as it my, gets. Like, like, like my mantra will always be: there's there's over 350 chemicals that make up the the, the smell and the flavor of a strawberry. But if I put them on a the table in front of you and told you to put two drops of this and five drops of that and give me the smell of uh, strawberry that smells like the actual strawberry, you know, very unlikely you ever would. And it takes a very sophisticated uh, chemist to even come up with artificial flavors and smells, you know? Yeah, well, then, and then that, that, that artificial strawberry smell has become so rampant, like just across the industry-wide, that that's the now-accepted smell of strawberry, where if you get wild strawberries, they're much uh, more, you know, complex than that. That's like Absolutely. they're more complex than a Nesquik. Put it that way. <laughs> you know, it's not that yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, the more hybridized people want stuff that stays on the shelf longer and and is larger and more attractive to the eye and bigger yeah. is better and da 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 da. Well, I think it's also like you were lost. saying earlier with the whole like when you smell something, it means it's it's disappearing off of whatever that thing you're smelling is. Same as like like blueberries, I always found to be very interesting because they're very elusive. Like they don't taste. Yeah, they, like smell they smell great, like but by the time so, it hits your mouth, yeah, there's like this way, like kind of a depressing, like it's not as. But but when you mix it with the right other things, it it brings it, it out does, again. Yeah. But if you eat them raw, like well, raw, but if you eat them like fresh, straight up, sometimes yeah. they're just like disappointing at best. You know what I mean? They'll smell great. They just don't have that that flavor. So you know. yeah, well, but, I'm, but if you get them, I'm backed up. I'm backed up on my reading list right now, but. Uh, set forth in, in a row is uh, new developments in terpene research by Janahu. Uh, then after that is the Handbook of Cannabis. Uh, then after that is um, let's see, uh, chemistry of terpene and terpenoids. Then chemistry of terpene. Then after that, the chemistry and smell, uh, the the chemistry and the sense of smell. I mean, just how your body interprets smell and flavor, and then. A fragrant introduction to terpene chemistry. I mean, there is a wealth of information on this stuff. I mean, 
So, you know, even even if only 10% of it relates to us, that, that's going to be the basis of where we get our information from. Well, and I, I've always found that research on how we smell and how our bodies, you know, I've, I've just been looking into stuff on, like, uh, apparently alpha-lipoic acid, if taken every day for a month, can increase your sense of smell, or at least if you've lost your sense of smell partially from a virus, which apparently happens, uh, uh-huh. can restore it to, to better levels than it was before. And so... Well. You know, now, now, now imagine if you could put that accentuated uh, the ability for a heightened sense of smell with with uh, five, ten, fifteen, call it fifty different terpenes that curb uh, uh, appetite. You know, I mean that that's a revolutionary product, something an inhaler, an aromatic inhaler, if you will, that, that stops you from wanting to eat. I mean that's 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 a billion dollar product. You know what I mean? Let's do it, buddy. You and me. So, I mean, the, 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 the aspects of this industry when I'm, you know, people, it's interesting to walk around and see people. They're just, you know, so, so focused on getting a, a production facility and a point of, of sale that they don't even look at the real, real behind the scenes possibilities of all this. You know, I mean, Much it's, larger it's scale. absolutely fascinating to me. I mean, you know, you've got the people like the International Cannabinoid Research Society full of 200 uh, Pfizer, Lily, Roach, and THT is just waiting to exploit this industry, you know? Yes, they are. They're circling. And it's our job to somehow, somehow disseminate the knowledge before they can monopolize on it. That's what I always well, think our show does. They're, they're, not, they're not circling. That organization's been in, 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 in operation for 20 years, man. They, they've already picked out what they want for. They, they see the bodies, and they're going for them I mean, with target precision. I mean, uh, let's, let's call it, you know, 600 things can be done with this realistically, and then you can diversify after that. But, you know, they're going to get to the bottom of those 600 very, very quickly. They're going to patent. They're going to trademark. They're going to wrap this thing up. And and in some ways, you know, we're better for it. I mean, you know, I'm not certainly qualified to give someone with Alzheimer's a whole bunch of terpenes and cannabinoids and say, hey, dude, you feel better? Cool. Success. I mean, you know, that's just not my forte, and I certainly wouldn't trust my own data. Uh, not in that arena anyway. So there, there's a purpose for it. Uh, but in some respect, do, do we want them selling these cannabinoids and, and, and terpenoids back to us in a pharmaceutical setting where they cost, you know, uh, 500 times more than they should? You know, so, you know, that that's kind of uh, our job as the people who started this industry is to try to figure this out before they do so that we can control our industry so they don't. That's that's kind of how that's we always good, think we like about that. it. That's kind of our, our call to arms right there. So we're gonna bring yeah. on we're yeah. gonna bring on your buddy Noel from Nectars in a minute here, and we can maybe even Love conference Noel. him in. Yeah, uh, we have him calling in. Hopefully, any second. Noel, I saw you in the chat room before. If you're still in there, now's the time to call in. Uh, I see you uh, typing. Uh, Noel, give, why don't you call in? Um, and Kate, on on that note, what's what's the next thing for terpenes in cannabis? Next trend that we're going to see uh, in next year's cup. What give do you us think? a new key. Give us a new buzzword. New buzzword. New buzzwords. You want a new hot topic? Uh, you know, uh, I guess the new new hot topic is going to be formulation. I mean, so what? We now we're able to separate this stuff. We've got pure cannabinoids. We've got you know, be it be it pure THC. We've got pure CBD. Now we're going to be able to fractionate these terpenoids further. Um, now now it's all sitting there. Well, well what does it do? I mean. You've got a certain segment of the population that is juicing and swears that that's curing them. 
I, I completely believe that, but I have to look at the compounds and, and the state of those compounds. Then you've got other people that are swearing by the Simpson oil. Those are two different medications and two different forms. In a it, sense, you know, opposite under- opposite parts, right? Like opposite. Well, yeah, completely opposite. Completely yeah. opposite. Even if it's just a small distinction like decarboxylation and undecarboxylated, uh, they're, they're, they're completely different things. Yeah, you're gonna you get- know, um, be it, you know. Uh, the juicing community doesn't want to have their morning smoothie and get, you know, a uh, uh, euphoric effect, so to speak. You know, they want to continue on their day. To, let's call it a wellness product. Um, but you could take that and decarboxylate it, and that same glass would put them in their chair. So, and, and do you think? And do you think that if they like, well, they might not want it, but then later after they have a couple hours in their system. You could decarboxylate it with the heat just from your body, wouldn't you think? Or wouldn't it no, partially? no, the body temperature is not bit. even close to enough to decarboxylate. Um, but you know, you could you, you could take it and you know put it in a microwave or a oven or you know, I mean, but but, but let's say that the, the industry is, isn't. You don't want a product that, that you know. I mean, yes, you could take your milk and turn it into cottage cheese for 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 that night's dinner. But why not just buy two products? You know what I mean? You got your wellness product for the morning. You got your you know your your morning tea and your evening tea, so to speak. You know, there and that's and that's the beauty of the product is diversification. I mean, there's something for everybody out there. You know, and some people don't. You know, some people in the future will go buy wellness products that have undecarboxylated cannabinoids, terpenoids, and don't even know it comes from cannabis. Uh, cannabis. They just know that it's been uh, proven time and time again that it, it, it prevents the onset of cancer. This, that, the other thing of uh, it's a neuroprotectant, this, that, and the other thing. So, so we got Noel. I think Noel's calling in right now, he says. So we're going to – kid, when the call comes in, there's a way to conference them. Yeah, merge. I'm yeah. trying to just click merge calls. Yeah, merge. There you go. There we go. That way we can keep you on the line. As long yeah, as and we're going to we're gonna keep you on the line, Kay. And, and, uh, yeah. So so why don't you – you love Noel, so why don't you introduce him because he's calling in any second here. Betty and I love Noel, and I love Noel's nectar. Let's clarify that. Yeah, that nectar is something I think very special. Yeah, we loved it. Oh, I'd love to have a gallon of it at my house. I have a, a small pump, dropper pump, of it at my yeah pump, pump gallon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. It'd be cool to have one of those shower things that has the three different containers and just three different nectars. Pope, are we merged? We yeah. are merged. Hey, what's merged. going on, Noel? No problem. Hey, what's up, buddy? Hey, no, how are you? Doing great, great. Cool. No, well, Noel, you're on the line with us, obviously, and where you're on the line with uh, Kay is on the line with us too. Hi, everybody. How y'all doing? Good to see you. Uh, you. It's a great honor to speak with all you guys. No, it's a great uh, honor to have you on, man. And it's an honor to meet you, and definitely an honor to get to know Nectar. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, we're uh, we're real proud of what we're doing right now, and uh, all this incredible talk of terpenes is awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Yeah, that's like your. This is like right in, right up your alley, I guess. Well, we're we're it out in is. we're uh, out in theory land though, and you. I feel like you're a great person to come bring it to really more pragmatic. Like, Adam, yeah, what, why yeah. is nectar so the kid? Actually, let's bring you. You want to talk? Why is so? Awesome? Why is nectar so awesome? I mean, okay, so oh. when when they when they gave me the first dab in San Bernardino, and he was like, "Oh, like this is gonna taste great." And I've seen the sap. I saw some stuff that Jim Frayer's made and all that stuff. So I tried it, and the reason to me that it was so awesome was literally. Five minutes later, I would go, hmm, like I, I can still taste 
the flavor of that dab in the yeah. back of my throat five didn't, minutes later. Didn't you like put a drop part. in a cigarette at one point? Oh uh, yeah, and I, I even took that that oh, awesome that. that awesome dabber that you gave me. No, I just like uh-huh. filled up the little syringe and then I I dripped something in the top of my cigarette, like tapped it down, filter down, and and lit it. And it was it. I mean, the only the beginning part of it, you know, the first maybe inch was uh, had some of the nectar in it, but it tasted like the nectar all the way through. And wow, it was that's great. amazing! Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, not to promote so, but you could do that in a joint. Is the yeah, you could you could definitely do it in a joint. It was it was great. So definitely my favorite. Adam, sure. yes. Do you have anything to add? Why nectar so awesome? Um, I think it's just because it like overloaded every single f- flavor. F- yeah part of your mouth like you couldn't get away from it there was no getting away it's from like it. It getting like, hit, hit in the mouth with a sock full of flavor pennies <laughs> it is it was uh definitely overwhelming and then it but it but the thing i liked about it is it's whenever you have really high quality product they all kind of fall within a certain like line like it all just kind of ends up at that super hashy awesome place and once right. you know it you're like you know it you know and if it's you fake it. if it's fake it's never gonna be there and it's just weird because like you'll have strains that you know taste so different as a flower but then they all cross over at the certain point when it comes to the hashy sort of awesome ha- flavorness you know hashiness yeah yeah but nectar is it like retain, well it tastes like, like a pure og it's like the honest. epitome of yeah it, it was it was definitely it held the flavor and i think what are your te- what your temperatures i guess are, are a lot lower than most people are, are or is that is that i mean that must be the uh temperature obviously matters simply because terpenes dissolve just by Sitting them on the table or having a jar open, you know, yeah. they they instantly. Anytime exactly. you smell anything, they're they're coming off, right? Right. So it's that's the mystery of the whole capturing of the terpenes and being able to keep them, um, so you can we can actually try them in a concentrate form. So I heard a crazy thing. I don't know if you. I don't know. I guess it would be very interesting to learn about your research process and learning how to capture terpenes. I know I know you can't reveal your exact process as you've mentioned before. But I heard a crazy thing about using uh, like a, what was it, like a styrofoam ball and using it to capture terpenes with static electricity. And you can gather significant, and the fragrance industry has been doing it for a long time as like a cheap way. Something yeah, I love about cool. all of this is that because of the mystery, it has pushed our industry and the science of capturing terpenes to such incredible levels. It is uh, awesome to watch it evolve and watch what people are coming up with on how to capture terpenes in so many different ways. and um, I would call out Kenny as being one of the absolute pioneers of doing so. Um, he has shown me all sorts of incredible methods of taking it apart and putting it back together. and just uh, It's an incredible it, it's, it's just an incredible thing to see our industry really push forward in uh, capturing terpenes because I mean, it comes down to flavor. right? We all love the taste of the uh, plant that we get. That's, I mean, that's part It captures it so exactly. And the more um, we're finding out, it affects, it changes the effect. They actually change the effect. That's what's, what's I guess, amazing. So described to me by uh, the guys at SC Labs, they said, I asked them about, uh, you know, what's so special about terpenes as far as the effects of medically and how it affects the cannabinoids. And they said, well, imagine taking two different strains that are wildly different. Uh, let's call it a headband and blue dream. Two flavors are different. If you were to strip all the terpenes out of those and just have the cannabinoids, it's kind of like calling it the baseline. That's where you, you're going to get uh, the effects of the cannabinoids. If you add all the extra terpenes to it, it gives you all the extra nuances of what you feel when you 
uh, try it out. It gives you the anti-anxiety. It gives you uh, euphoria. It gives you all these different effects that uh, really are only created when you put the terpenes and the cannabinoids together. Um, I think that in the future, it, it will be uh, really awesome to see what medical uses the terpenes will have um, in combination once you know science catches up with uh, with the research. And and I wanted to ask, um, someone in the chat room had asked, that people are guessing at the process now that they know oh, it's secret. Of course, right? I see it all the time. Right? So now <laughs> they want to know is... Do you add any terpenes back? Do you remove and add? Do you at any point separate, that as Kay was talking incredible about? question that people ask us all the time. We've always said the same exact thing. Absolutely not. Awesome. This is all people. I, 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 I have to uh, chime in and explain why, why the product that Noel produces is superior. First of all, he starts with a wet product. And like I said, the simple act of drying the product, you lose 90% of the, uh, the terpenes. So when you try Noel's product, your, your body's being exposed to terpenes that you've never, ever been exposed to before as a cannabis consumer. And that's, that's why it just, it just punches you in the face and sticks with you for a half hour afterwards. And, and so his, his process is, is, is one, starts with the high terpene content, but his, uh, the art of what he does is focus on the terpene preservation of the final product while maintaining a low residual solvent. So any of the people out there that are like terp sauce or any of this BS, I'm so tired of hearing that. It's like, do your homework, da 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 Yeah, educate. But, you know, but that, that's why that product that he produces is so superior. I mean, I wrote that article, The Art and Science Equating Concentrates, Part 1 and Part 2, like two years ago, and explained that in the future, people will be doing fresh plant extraction. And I just came back from a consult in Arizona, and what that relates to is, Sorry to all the trimmers out there, but I mean, in the future, 90% of all the products going to go towards concentrates. So I just went through a tutorial with a client in Arizona. Explained to him, go through your facility, take the A grade off that's finished, dry and cure that separately. Why would you take the B and C grade off that's all immature, lime green, this, that, and the other thing right. off just to replace it with a new plant? Lower those lights, put it back in there, ripen up your B grade so it's A grade. Your C grade becomes B grade. But don't sell that to your customer and explain to your customer you'll never sell them B or C grade. But take all that enhanced cannabinoids. You don't want tight buds. That's not what you're ripening up. You're ripening up these these terpenoids and your resin heads and everything else. And you're increasing the essential oil production. You take all that. You turn it into oil. Uh, be it you you don't dry it. You don't cure it. So you don't have the allocated space, the allocated equipment, and the text to do that properly, which some places don't seem to be able to do. And then you take that fresh material, you freeze it, you process it. There is no drying again, no curing, no equipment, no allocated space, and you don't need uh, a team of trimmers. One of my clients spends between uh, uh, $100,000 and $140,000 per month just on trimming. So if you can imagine it, in a new uh, 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 large-scale facility that eliminates the, uh, the drying, curing, and the trimming of this product of live plant extraction that now can afford to sell that product on the shelf for $40 a gram. And all the while dealing with good genetics that produce over 20% seed, uh, THC, they're getting 100 grams per extract. So they're, they're, they're turning an $1,800 pound wholesale into a $4,000 pound, and they're giving their customers fantastic terpene-rich material like no. Absolutely. I, I agree with you, Kenny. Kenny's always been on the uh, absolute future tip. Yeah, he's, he's at the cutting edge for, for sure. For sure. 
No. But, and I think also, <coughs> you know, had a lot of it has to be said about preserving flavor. Just like it's it's you know it's like any industry right now. It's if you take, you know, uh, vegetables, fra- flash frozen, brought to the market. I mean, it from a long ta- long standing point of view, obviously going to be a lot easier for them to maintain that level of quality and get it to the con- consumer. Even though, I, of course, we, you know we want fresh vegetables, but in a certain situation, if you live mm-hmm. somewhere, you can't get them, and you're getting canned, canned uh, beans, and you're getting flash frozen beans. I'd much rather have the flash frozen ones because they, they have all those Absolutely. flavors, and you get the canned ones, and there's nothing left, you know. So, I think this industry, by being able to take it right off the plant, freeze it immediately, th- it's amazing just to be able to capture what definitely would be lost, and you can already, you know you can really see it because drying man sometimes it's amazing how so great something smells when you harvest it and how it has absolutely zero when you're done you're like wow you do everything right where did it all go you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's just it's it's elusive it's definitely elusive okay i think you used the term angel tears you said it was like angel tears i like unicorn tears i like that gypsy tears yeah it's kind of like it's it's kind of a cross between unicorn tears and rainbows right yeah, you got to look at it from the right angle, or you can't see it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It depends on the day and your mood. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a pretty mythical. Period. <laughs> What's that? Um, What's going on? Is there a circus in town? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, wow. Neighbor's car just started making noise for some reason. So there you go. Oh. Very good. Um, I, I think it's also breaking kind of into cars while he's where we're going to end up going with the mapping of terpenes and the strains. Um, yeah, tell us about that. Tell us, you, you have thoughts on that? Have you had any experience our, our working new, on that? Our new research on it, and we're, we're going to work with uh, SE Labs on this, uh, is to show that, you know, from all our testing that we've seen, it shows that most of the strains out there now are extreme hybrids. Um, in that, we know that sativas are high in uh, valencine, and I think it was terpenoline or valencine and uh kenny can you help me out with this uh so uh, say, say it again it was valencine and um another one and then indicas are carfeline and myrcene mostly and when you look at testing if you've done a lot of research on um uh terpenes you find that they it, we we see a, that carfeline and myrcene are in almost all those are the highest levels of terpenes in all of the the uh, tests that you come. All the sh- all the sh- all the strains that you look at and all the things that we've ever tested have very high counts of carfeline and myrcene in it. Um, the other one was pinene. I'm sorry for the uh, yeah pinene, limonene, the, uh, uh, yeah, there, there, there it is. Pinene, limonene, and valencine are the three that are uh, found in sativas mostly. I think that over time we'll be able to really identify and build these catalogs up of all the strains out there. And instead of having a question of, is this a indica, mostly indica or mostly sativa, it'll just be, well, here's the terpene profile on it. And that'll prove to us, well, this is where this, this particular strain lies. And that's a kind of a call to the breeders to go out there and let's, let's see how far we can take it as far as mixing all these incredible strains together and what the unique terpene uh, values come out and uh, focusing our energies on creating new ones. Well, um, but that, that comes in with uh, uh, terpene sequ- or, uh, uh, terpene profiling and genetic sequencing. 
um, when the two when the two merge, that's when exactly what you said will happen. Which is a very exciting thing, I think, for our industry in general. And it's on the way. I've already talked, uh, talked to someone yesterday, and there's one lab getting ready to do genetic sequencing here pretty soon. And I know there's multiple labs that are already thinking on the, the exact lines. Um, right. So I'll give you an example um, of one of our – we have we have come only once that we've discovered an, a uh, concentrate that hit 100% as far as the testing went. And uh, it tested at 31%. Uh, so it hit a, it, it hit a hundred percent in what? In its testing results, there's usually a little bit of unmeasured. Right, right. There's uh, some some unknown. Like they, they know in they don't know. In this particular example, it was uh, the J1 that did that. Actually, it's the only one that's ever done that. It tested at 69 percent uh, THC and 31 percent terpenes. Wow. Um, or uh, I should say, 69 percent total active cannabinoids and 31% terpenes, giving us 100%, not leaving anything to doubt of what is in it. And every other time, we see a, a, a percentage of, I don't know, a couple percent to up to 20% that are just unmeasured. Um, that, would, that, to us, was an incredible mystery, because like Kenny had mentioned before, there's just a lot of things that we haven't you have a couple questions, and it adds to more questions and to more questions. But that one gives us the most questions we've ever had about how we're testing for what's in concentrates and flowers in general. Um, when broken down into, you know, well, I guess flowers broken down into a concentrate form. I don't think any other company out there has even come close to that in a natural form, um, as far as I can tell. And what is really exciting, I guess, would be the fact that our process actually captures CBDs in an incredible way. And uh, that's what we're focusing our energy on now because we're, we're trying to heal people here. And uh, CBDs, the research with CBDs and their effects in association with a high level of terpenes is something that we're very interested in doing. And look forward to seeing how uh, it'll affect the medical side of now are you getting the are you getting what we're calling the uh, the Luden's cough drop sort of cherry flavor, cherry flavor coming yeah, out within yeah, those cherry ones? flavor awesome I, I think you guys tried it in San Bernardino I yeah know, I'm, just, I'm just asking you like you know <laughs> we're trying to get you <laughs> trying to make it everyone yeah, you know pretend yes, like I, yes it, it's like a cherry cough drop awesome. absolutely that's what we like never uh, been able to see or smell uh, the ACDC or the Charlotte's Web which are similar in scent they uh they smell like cherry cough drops. That's so weird because of the cherry company on our news story. Uh-oh, more cherries, yeah. Cherry, cherry, cherry. And the weird part, too, is what I'm always th wondering is why cherries are used so much in medicine when they're not really medically kind of accepted as being doing much, you know? Well, um, maybe it's well, the... Well, 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 what's interesting to that is I've got 95% pure CBD and it doesn't smell like cherries. Okay, so what... It's and, a, and, and when diluted, doesn't smell like cherries. And I just uh, took the 95% the pure CBD and mixed it with monoterpenes, diterpenes, and suspeterpenes and put it into a vape pen. I can only hypothesize what it does, but it doesn't smell right. or taste like cherries. Right, so maybe it's something to do with uh, the carrier of that particular... Or something that sure. often accompanies it, or... Yeah. The, the, interesting. Yeah. More research. More research. <laughs> More, More research. <laughs> 
That's okay. It means we have to smoke a lot of different things. That's so so I'm, I'm not sure that's the research president. they're talking about, but, that's but I'm I down. Do. That's how I do my research. <laughs> yeah, if, we're, if Warren Buffett or any of those guys are listening, uh, we, we would definitely take their grant money, that's for sure. And us too. After yeah, we'll if you guys are listening, yeah. <laughs> that falls off. Well, why, why are you throwing that cheddar around? You can slang Dun, some Dun, this way. In care of Adam Dunn show. <laughs> exactly. Make checks payable too. Um, I also look forward to what the uh, perfume industry might think of all this. They've got to be think looking at really, it. Uh, Somebody examined has what's going on with turpin. Uh Yes, they have. I got that call a month ago, and the guy's there already. Yeah. He's got his trademarks done. He's got every every duck in a row, and deals with the uh, top fragrance companies in France. And how's their extraction process, though? Uh, they're stuck. They he's got ten products on his shelf from from the fragrance industry, and none of them smell like pot. Of course, of course. <laughs> well, yep. yeah. well, that's the exactly. thing. Is, I was told in, in, I was told a long time ago that the only way to really achieve it is through you know it would have to have some sort of. Uh, uh, THC or CBD in it, you know, we just couldn't get away from it. Like somehow, no, not 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 true because you're dealing with flavor and fragrance. But Adam, you'll appreciate that the guy told me part of his plight was to grow it at, at, at his house, uh, harvest the buds, and then rush them through the English Channel to France so he could uh, take it to the fragrance industry. And by the time he got it there, they said, "Hmm, cat piss. Yep, we can make that." <laughs> he was like, "No, no, 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 no." <laughs> it wasn't know? like that, so but. He, that's, that's Basically, what he needs is he needs uh, the, the the compounds that I have uh, to take to the fragrance industry. They'll figure out exactly 100% what's in them, or very very close to, and then they'll synthetically match that. So it's kind of a slam dunk kind of sort of thing, you know. But, but without the true samples, they don't know what to recreate. They're just reaching in, you know. I just carry a butt around with me. It's the best way. It's easiest. Yeah. You put a butt yeah, in your pocket, yeah. and you're like, there you go. So but it's not good. the same as the live plant, bud. A little bit of yeah, turpentine. Right, right. Every, everybody wants that marijuana perfume. I hear it all the time. You I hear it all the time. Too. Too. So like, what I rec- what know, I do though is you I take like. the you can use the nectar like cologne. It's in the little oh, vial. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, just but, little but, but, but wouldn't I st- look very short sighted and stupid if, if people, my epitaph was, and he took the cure for cancer and turned it into perfume. It's like. Uh, wah, or wah, wah. <laughs> or made perfume that cures cancer. Ooh. Lemonade out of lemons, gay. You know, I, I stare at those bottles, I marvel at those bottles, and I wish someday to meet the man that knows what to do with them. You know, I mean, I know what to do with them in my small old fish pond, so to speak, but, you know, there's, there's somebody at a fragrance or a pharmaceutical company that could dissect those things, and it would be child's play to them, but I have yet to meet that person. You I don't know? know. I don't know if it would be, though. I think that's one of those things where, it, again, it might can- be a little complicated. the cannabis plant is such an awesome, elusive little creature that it just wants to move on. It kind of doesn't, you know, it likes to get, get everybody happy, but it doesn't really want to be bottled, you know what I mean? I think it hates that. Yeah. Hates, hates it when you try to bottle it. Always Keeps its distance, yeah. Yeah, always fights back uh, you know so no, you, i mean like i said I, i've got unicorn tears and rainbows in a bottle oh i know you're 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 them. one of the few people who can wrangle that stuff up you know what i mean but it's kind of yeah. you know to actually but wrangle but, up but, angel but, tears. but i have to uh hypothesize that it, 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 it's it's good for something that's far beyond my imagination is what i'm saying you know well yeah for oh, yeah, sure the future is awesome with all that well you know and i tried i tried some uh the church youth on a bug bite actually and uh, well, it worked. It, it stopped it from itching. Stopped it from itching. Did it? Did it prevent the swelling or get the swelling to it go did. down? It did. Put the swelling down a little bit. I had bitten. I had been bitten by a spider, and I was itching at it. And do you have any kind of and, tingling uh, senses, like a Spider-Man senses? Are you getting any? No. <laughs> Can you walk no, up walls yet? No. Okay. But. Uh,
thing, and the, blood, the swelling went down, and it absorbed into my skin um, easily, it seemed. After yeah, about 15 it, minutes, it was absorbed into my skin. There's a lot of things when, yeah, you're, when you're playing around with cannabis, there's always these weird... Like sometimes, like when your first time you make uh, water hash with good product, and you get that real creamy froth that comes to the top, you know, and it's like mm-hmm. it smells so good because it's definitely losing all those terps. All at that, that point. stuff's going it's away. All going away. <laughs> it's all going out of that plant, out of that material. But it's, but it feels so good because it's got like such a oily yet. Like when you run your hand through the water, what stays on your hand? The yeah, residue, will, yeah. I mean, not the in the water itself, but the foam on top. Yeah, yeah, like the it's foam. Kind of yeah, like yeah. A, like you, you can't capture it though because it's like in that state, you know. Um, but you do know that like you you want to analyze it and you think there's got to be something in there. You know what's really crazy? There, so when I was a little kid, this is a strange. Oh, segue. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, no, this is a strange thing. And we we went to this place where they had this fountain, an orange juice fountain, and it frothed. And the froth on the fountain had a really unique texture, like exactly like hash water. And now I'm thinking it was probably the terpenes in the orange juice. It's like uh, they it tasted so good. I would scoop just the froth, and it right. tasted like the like the. Well, they probably like. They, I'm sure it would be lots of. Terpy's uh, the only word, but <laughs> you were the. Well, 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 it fascinates me about the whole phenomenon is, is the fact that you're telling me that some of these terpenes are water soluble, and they pa- they penetrate that. Let's call it waxy cuticle, and it's like really interesting. Why don't the others? Why do those? Why do the other? Not. I mean, and is this going to be a way that we we separate and fractionate these these compositions in the future? It's like, okay, well, we'll take it, we'll dump it in the water, and you know, this this you know, as I told others, isn't rocket science science to the fragrance industry? You know, I mean, yeah. Uh, my 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 experience was I I did a 32 gallon drum of, of uh, water extraction, and you know, uh, smelled it, and yes, it smells waterfilly and grassy, and had a little bit of smell to it, but. And I had done experiments by trying to separate that barrel in layers, like the first, you know, let it sit for 36 hours and then separate the top layer, the bottom layer, and middle layer, and everything else, and try to capture that essence in a jar. It could never be done, but one time I noticed, okay, well, it smells like chlorophyll. Who cares? I dumped it out. I came back 24 hours later, and the whole block smelled like skunk. And it was like, what? How can I capture that? It's just so fleeting, and it's just, again, this magical stuff but why is it water soluble and the other stuff that isn't and i mean how do i capture it how do i put it back so that pretty much started one of my pipes on how to capture that from the water and you know put it back onto the original composition but i it still fascinates me why does it penetrate that resin wall right why does it how does it extract it like is it osmosis that would pull it out is that yeah well water is the greatest in the the, the world's oldest solvent right you know? so and my that, other question that, that is does it does it I mean that that re- speaking of the resin wall, like is it a result of just agitating it too much, where you're breaking the resin wall in too many places? No, though? no, under magnification, they're not broken. You know, I mean, it, it has it has, polar nonpolar. It has the ability to extract those uh, compounds out, and, but it just fascinates me that it's able to penetrate that resin wall while some isn't. You know, I mean, that that resin wall is sophisticated. That tells me it's not just cuticle. It's not just wax or something about that that's allowed, that allows something to jump out in the water and something not to. And that's I semi-permeable. That well, Jim bit. talked about how it has, like, one one side has a positive charge and one side has a negative charge of these. For sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Polar, non-polar, all that. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's sophisticated. It's like nature's, very, very nature's way of uh, separating. Separating them. and being like, this stays together. Mix this stuff. It's good. Right. Yeah, yeah. 
So we got about 30 seconds left. I want to thank you gentlemen for coming on. We're going to do some shout-outs, and then we're going to bring on our next guest, uh, Horatio of LHO Extracts, talking about limonene as a solvent. Limonene as a solvent. Cool. That's what I was... Fascinating stuff. Yeah. The LHO process. So we're trying to get, you know, the tour of of, uh, terpenes used for cannabis, a kind of like sample buffet. A buffet. A buffet. A buffet. Right on, guys. Thank you, Noel from Nectars, uh, K Tricom Technologies. Thank you guys so much, as always, for coming on. Cool, man. If people could check me out on my if people could check me out on my Facebook and uh, Instagram, I'd appreciate their love very much. Yeah, can you uh, you want to shout out the uh, how to connect? Yeah, just Tricom Technologies on Facebook or Instagram, either one. Right on, and Noel. And ours is uh, Nectars Collective on Instagram, and we have a website nectarscollective.org and check us all out and please look at our testing on SC Labs if you have any questions about uh, how much terpenes we're really capturing it's a lot it's a lot and we can confirm it's it like coats your mouth and even if you like eat something else it still tastes anyway I'll let you guys experience it yourself gentlemen thank you for coming on we're going to keep so on much. moving along awesome thank awesome you. thanks, thanks Kay thanks alright Dark Horse Genetics nice. Dark Horse Genetics Dark Horse Genetics dude I'm like so did you know Seattle? Obviously, you liked it. Of course. How any? So would you like to go buy herb from a vending machine in Seattle? There's that one place, but they don't have Dark Horse herb in there. Let's go to the Dark Horse store when I it opens. I would definitely do it. I would definitely. Starting do it. March first. That's so soon. That's next week. We could do it. It's crazy. As he's opening up vending machines there, they're closing grow shops and all it. I mean, that's that's yeah. kind of crazy, right? So the the place is, and I guess they have coffee there. So that's what you need in Seattle. It's eight thousand seven Lake they don't have City Way. 8,007 Lake City Way Northeast. For those of you like Adam who get lost, it's Northeast. You got to put the Northeast I in. I don't normally get lost, but there in, I did because, in, it was because you didn't put the Northeast. 8,007 oh, yeah, yeah. Lake City Way Northeast, Seattle, Washington. Uh, and then, of course, Beverly Hills, 5669 West Pico. I got to send some of my family there. Of course, I got Persian Jew family in, near West Pico. Go do it. Hash bar opening next door. That's where I'm going That's when awesome. I visit my family. That's what I'll do. That's what's up. Uh, Dark Horse Denver within 60 days. Don't forget. And, of course, Tommy Chong at their booth, uh, Cannabis Cup. And, and don't forget Bruce Bannerbull. There you go. 418, Oriental Theater. Murphy's Law. Murphy's Law. Let's see? Murphy's Law. Look how excited you are. I'm excited. The kid's excited. Kid, the I know. kid doesn't know Woo! that that's Yeah, Murphy's Law. Woo! All right. That was terrible. All right. Incredibles edibles. Incredibles edibles. I'm not going to eat edibles. those before Murphy's Law. I'll eat those after Murphy's Law. Good because idea. They Good idea. Because they rocked your world. Rocked me. I know. You're, rocked me. That was, it was fun to watch, the meltdown. It, it started right on the plane. It was great. It was timed perfectly, was it not? It was. It was. Um, tons of flavors. Makiba bars are back on there with all sorts of new. CBD in them. And CBD, raspberries, all sorts of nice new ingredients. And it looks like a great mix. Um, and the kid usually does, doesn't remember half of them, but it's cool. We don't have to. We you don't can get it at IncrediblesColorado.com. Yeah, they have a whole list of all Oh, look, Dredd just posted gummies. an Incredibles. Bu- uh, Incredi- <laughs> Dredd ate a, a Fireberry and got on a plane. <laughs> awesome. Nice. Appropriate. Cheers. Appropriate. You yep. can do that leaving Colorado, of course. It's always good. Yeah, let's also Helps. shout out, again, Build a Soil. Build a Soil, Jeremy's awesome guy. Dude, he's been so awesome. Build a Soil. It's crazy. I have literally, like, every time I talk to somebody and I sort of, like, mention it, like, yeah, I just talked to him. I'm like, how could everybody have just talked to him? That's kind of weird. He talks to everybody. He must be like a busy guy. His phone's is always ringing. And, and that's, I mean, that's great. So if it is busy, 
give him a break. He's doing he's doing us like a a custom a custom uh, soil blend. Really? Yes. Nice. Yes. So black, the, the black beard soil plant. Black, not. I don't know about you and me. Do I get to put some us. beard? Can I can just give him all my beard trimming? Sure. Also, we got to. Of course, you have a shout out to Way to Grow. Way to Grow, number one. Number one spot for everything else in your garden. You know what I mean? Way to Grow dot net. Go ahead. Uh, go to any of the stores all over the state. Pick up the bulbs. Six dollar T fives. Six dollar T fives. Six dollar T fives. I think you said it three. Is like Beetlejuice three times. Yes, I'm um, summoning it. Seven stores all over the state. They got all Silver the Kapow stuff thirty like right percent off. Snowing, so you definitely couldn't make it down in the snow. Right. If you're so in Silverthorne, you got some bugs. You need some Kapow real quick. You don't want to mess up your organic grow. Get down there. Thirty percent off. Rockwool Hugo cases, hundred fifteen bucks. Bag of Vermifier, good stuff. Thirteen dollars. Nice, and you can yeah, go that's down good to, the, uh, there. to the 1051 South Platte River location, the biggest one, twenty thousand square feet, and get all of your concentrate gear there if you're into making concentrates. And if that's uh, your bag, which yeah, some of you guys are, I think definitely, especially on this episode, there'll be some listening, I think. Um, and uh, a lot of gear out, and uh, you can definitely see the the transition because you know Northwest has always been such a cannabis growing place and they're definitely you know a little bit more resistant when it comes to like the switching over from flowers to concentrates because they're definitely more diehard yep. um, but making a foothold hardcore you know so also uh, shout out to our friends from gold extracts yeah gold a u it's AU. like the chemical symbol for gold chemical right symbol AU. For you. this is this is like, I, I got the bud in here right now but they uh, took care of us up there uh they're based in oregon right now but you know they're in the zone up there, and uh, definitely some interesting stuff. They were doing a lot of propane extractions, which were looking pretty interesting and definitely coming out with the residuals at like 50 to 100 or some parts per million, so really low, which is pretty pretty interesting stuff. Very gold-looking, of course. Nice. Yeah. And uh, anybody else? No. Horatio is going to give a call Horatio. any second here. And he's coming from where, L.A.? He he's coming out in Cali. No, no, but I'm saying he's in L.A., right? L.A. Collective, you said? What's the name of the group? Uh, I think it's his own collective. Nice. It's the HDC. Uh, and I want to make sure he has the number. I sent it to him this morning, but make sure he has it handy. Nice. And it's pretty interesting that he's talking. We're going to have to get to talk to somebody finally that's doing exactly what we were thinking, and that's usually what happens, right? Everybody's thinking the same thing, but it's a matter of getting it together to do it. And we're talking about extracting the limonene, which is, I was thinking before, like, hey, like you could do it. We knew you could do it. Now find somebody who's actually putting it down. Yeah. It's awesome. So uh, I just sent him the number. We should be getting a call any second here. I paused the timer because I want to give him his full time. Usually I let that slide. but No, no, we need to get the knowledge. No, we can't. This is too important. Because... I mean, is it? I asked. How does it not, to some extent, act as a solvent in the plant itself? Exactly. Kid, 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 pay attention. I am paying attention. Okay. Oh, not really though. I have the sound of you. Think you okay. hear? Nope, you don't hear. Hello. Hey. Hey, thanks for calling, man. So we have Horatio Delbert. Uh, we won't. I don't know if you've been listening to the show so far. So far. Oh, yeah. I'm shaking. It's been such a good show. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. That's good. That's what we like to hear. So um, why don't you tell us about your process? Because what I hope I did right was kind of give us a cross-section where there wasn't that much overlap, but enough to keep it all connected. 
Well, I mean, really, you've got a guy from Canada who's kind of, you know, in 2013, it was the big boom of everybody learning, and, you know, DHO was going crazy, and I'm, I'm um, a bit of a naturalist, so, you know, I looked at Bubble Hash, and I looked at Dry Sits, and I'm like, well, this has always been there, that's me, but um, this solvent future, what gives, it's going to be a part of cannabis, but I'm a anti-petrochemicals guy, so where it is where does nature have a solution for us if you can't go the butane route it's just not going to work for your ethics so i started to look into it and i read and i read and i read and you kind of read that it's a dead end um you know you're not going to purge it it's not um it's too heavy of a compound to uh, use limonene so i you know just i kept getting inspired by the literature about limonene being this kind of world saving component that's coming up to stop people from using dangerous solvents and degreasing and all of these other, 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 other applications for a waste byproduct of our juice. So it just seemed that I'm like, if there is a solvent, if there is a way that's not, that you could say um, will work for the future where 50 states are demanding cannabis and all their derivatives every day. Um, I need something else than butane. It won't work when we step outside of recreation. So I just kept digging and digging and it was kind of my you know, life mission. It's like, if this isn't going to work, I'm going off the deep end. And at a certain point, I managed to break the laws of physics to a degree and uh, achieve a product that gets the same job done as uh, butane. But um, currently, it's a one-man um, army. And so does it leave any residual limonene, limonene in the end product? Do you get any of that well, flavor aspect? Well, that was the start of the year because everybody kind of said, yeah, we tried, but it, they never, I could never see an example that even resembled shatter. Because if you could get to the point where it was stable enough to represent shatter, then the levels must be low enough that we're getting, we're getting somewhere. So um, I managed to um, have the opportunity to do um, a small amount of testing in Washington with uh, Analytical 360. So within their testing process, I get back zero limonene. But um, everyone, well, it's still, it's different. It's not whatever the taste that the, but the petrochemical process does, it's not the same. So the big controversy begins. Well, if it's not limonene, what is it? And, or what, is the, what are the limits of the test? What's Testing. Because when I got zero, I'm like, what does a zero mean to you? And I'm like, what do you mean it means 100 ppm or less? That's not a real zero. Um, so I kind of started to research, you could say, um, our ability to detect it compared to, um, you know, let's say butane ppm. Because I went to a cup and everyone voted for something that had 9,000 ppm in it. Wow. So clearly humans can't detect butane in any reasonable level that um, we could judge. Um, because if the terps are there, it pretty much blinds you. Right. So, so, um, so what's the go on, go on. What would be like the polarity issue with, with the limonene as far as comparative? Do you think it's like, is it? Oh, how is it as a solvent compared yeah. to the polarity is of butane? Well, yeah. that was that was it. It's the you look up if you go give me a list of the nonpolars. What can I use? Your you realize toxic, 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 toxic gas, toxic gas, and then you get this thing that says limonene, and you're like, so is it a solvent or is it not a solvent? It's nonpolar, and its closest comparison would be hexane. Which is so which when is, I look it up in the literature, people, people seem to gravitate towards actually hexane. Well, the thing about hexane is you could say 
in the real world, it's the standard. Right. But in our world, we get arrested for asking about it. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like, a big industry would, would, would probably gravitate towards hexane anyway just because of that's their sort of go-to Exactly. Technique. So when I saw limonene could replace hexane in use in HPLC equipment, I was like, what? Well, what? Okay, so this is like natural hexane. I just have to figure out how to use it because it's not no one's invested in solving the mystery it's just about um, getting to a result uh, as quickly as possible so I kind of went to, I found out okay so it says I have zero limonene so what else makes up the citrus taste that isn't limonene so when I started to research that then it's kind of like you go okay it's 99% pure 95% pure what's the 5% and you start to hear okay it's all these other citrus terpenes so I'm like, okay, so the test can say 0% limonene, and I can still detect citrus. And so I started to research and research, and it's like, okay, so it's not even, it's not a hard solvent. The citrus leftovers, you could almost, they're, um, they're alcohols, they're aldehydes and ketones. Mm -hmm. And our humans, we can detect those down to 0.24 parts per million. So we're programmed to find citrus if it's the last thing we do to survive on the planet. So I'm like, okay, now I understand. I have a situation in which even if I had one ppm, it's going to taste way stronger than 10,000 ppm butane right. to a human because we're built for it. Right. So like that's kind of one of those, you know what, if that is the hum of my product, that's the hum of my product, I'm going to constantly pursue you know, that perfection in limonene, but I'm not going to try to not be what I am. Water hash tastes like water hash because you used water. So I don't, I don't want to get into weird sciences to the point of not becoming what it is, but um, I ended up in a different boat. Um, being a part of Hash Church kind of put me into the realm of Kenny and people like Tony who are extracting terpenes. So somehow I managed to join that uh, echelon of people and develop my own process for isolating the terpenes that you could say I would naturally lose with my own LHO process because to remove LHO you can't boil limonene to remove it you would destroy all your other cannabinoids. all the other the naturally occurring limonene even right you, you wreck everything um, so that's the thing is you that's where everyone takes off their hats and goes well there's no point and I'm like well wait a second guys if you try to get limonene out of an orange you would destroy limonene we don't remove we don't boil oranges we steam distill them so it became so like you know people how 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 and i'm like i used water i manipulate the properties of water to maintain the temperatures of butane now the only real super mystery to me is how i'm able to process strains with limonene in them and retain the strain citrus flavors but remove the limonene that i used in my extraction that's the one pretty much life mystery that's going to boggle me for a long, long time. Well, aren't there other, are there other citrus terpenes other than limonene? And aren't there like multiple alpha and beta and, and multiple limonenes even? Absolutely. That's kind of why it's the, so if I take you need the lowest lemon haze, I can still retain the limonene that was in the strain, but remove the limonene. It's almost as if the water is ignorant of cannabis based limonene, which means it's not D-limonene, most likely, but there are several limonenes that 
could make up the cannabinoid, the ca cannabis limonene that we just generically slap a term on because R limonene versus S limonene are two completely different smell profiles. So, what's the most common one? Yeah, and and ha which e. like which smells? Which of them are in which? Because obviously, like a lemon. There's some amount of a lemon that smells like an orange, and there's some amount of it that smells like a kumquat, and some amount of it that smells like a citron or yuzu or whatever. But obviously, well, that, each of them is that distinct. Was it. I kind of threw a fit one day because people, everyone kind of, oh, I know what to look for. Basically, it's like, try this LHO. Oh, I know what to look for. As soon as I detect citrus, I'm just going to point at you and say your product is tainted. And I'm like, wait a minute. I just gave you lemon haze, then I gave you grapefruit haze, then I gave you tangy. And they all taste like different citrus, so you cannot keep pointing at limonene because you've got to understand, we don't eat orange peels. They taste like orange peels. They smell good, but you don't like that taste. Like when I was developing my process, obviously I've tainted my product with limonene, and it's not a pleasant experience when you get up over, to – Like overpowering, but at the same time not satisfying in a weird way. Like more what, like, like lung-scorchingly – incinerating that's not good <laughs> that sounds like a terrible it's a not like it's a the people are like i'm like one drop of terpene is not one drop of terpene because the terpenes i can extract from wet cannabis although they're extremely rough i'm like this is not like one drop of limonene or like even one drop of thyme oil um these are actually these can actually be smooth and actually temp soothe my lungs mm -hmm. so um Every you could say every strain is different because those terpenes, um, a heavy, heavy limonene strain is going to be a lung buster, no matter what, be whether you smoke it, whether you make hash of it. And if you extract it, it can be rough on the throat. So I kind of, I've experienced certain strains where I'm like, ew, I don't like this. This is like the day I try to drop a limonene. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you scratch your eye, when you, when you rub your eye, when you got some really heavy resin on it or something you're like oh some some strain, and some strains don't do it some strains just don't it's like don't you got mace you. It's, yeah it's and so then other strains nail you and you're like whoa that's like, that's kind of why i always wonder i'm like okay i haven't had this tangy but i have a feeling i hate it because it's just going to taste like me not knowing if my job's done <laughs> so is that in fact what it tastes like i think i think tangy has like a very almost like a soft orange flavor to it I I think pointing at limonene is word association when it comes to flavors. I don't generally find the smell of orange. I don't find it attractive on its own. As a bait, like the jug of it does not, I don't enjoy the smell. Right, if you just um, sniff the jug. In light, faint amounts at a distance, as if I'm approaching a citrus grove, it's a nice smell. But um, in any form of inundative level, it's... Basically, people don't know I can't stand um, citrus strains typically huh. as a person. That's funny, but you use it as a solvent, so everyone thinks well, you love it's, it. Well, that's the thing is, so, you know, coming from that, oh, I got to get it out, I got to get it out, my taste buds are programmed to have a negative association. So now I'm now that I've kind of perfected my art to a higher degree, I've kind of lightened up and I'm open to more and more citrus strains. And I'm like, wow, is that what they like about it? This orangey diesel flaming tone. Typically, you know, when I was less experienced, I would have just thought this is all bad. But now that I've got um, more knowledge about the things that aren't limiting in my solvent that I've been able to refine out in my own process, pretty much you could say everything is tasting more and more like the strain. And now that I've pretty much added a live resin process to it, 
um, I'm pretty happy with it as a long-term solution for when we need thousands of gallons of solvent to process material into tons and tons of foot cream and everything else um, right up the chain to if we want dabbers in 50 states, it's a lot of solvent. So I would love that it's from something with a carbon footprint that pretty much makes it free. Um, we're getting it as a byproduct from the juice we need as humans to survive. So I think that's that's one of the great angles of it is like we butane factories are exploding and and this stuff is just like coming off orange juice sure uh so well go ahead uh, no sorry go ahead well i was going to say what it allowed me what kind of makes me weird to everyone is i was allowed to creatively think in a completely different aspect than everyone else i'm like people so for instance everyone's afraid of water it's going to ruin my bho it's going to make it butter i'm like well I can remove water. It's just a part of my day. So think about the amount of things I can try and explore with water that are just taboo. So how, how do you remove water like without destroying the terpenes, though? How do, you, how do you remove the water without destroying the terpenes, though? Well, the first thing is why not remove all the water-soluble terpenes before the process so that you're not subject to it? But, I mean, if you're using your terpenes... No, meaning I re-administer terpenes after I'm done my complete process. I see. I don't, I don't even like the concept that I'm going to put, though I'm going to be vacuuming my... If you have to vacuum live resin, then you're pretty much terp, second by second as you remove the most volatile terpenes that if we can smell them at room temperature, if the room's under vacuum, they're really reeking in that vacuum oven. It's kind of defeating the purpose, and it's kind of why I can see why young artists are going to smell their product getting less and less attractive and be more and more eager to pull the plug on removing their solvent fully. So if I can get a process that I can go to town removing my solvent and always be sure of perfection, then reapply the most volatile terpenes that have been pretty much, I can keep them in the freezer till that very moment. I have the closest I can pretty much achieve to um, preserving it through all the steps it takes to produce a final product. And so, so why is it that so you are able to, to purge it so so readily and easily? Is it the properties of limonene as a solvent ver or is it be because well, no, it's dissolved really, in water? This comes down to one of your, to me, classic Adam Dunn episodes. It comes down to the use of alcohol to remove the lipids that are inappropriate for inhaling in nonpolar extracts. So when you and when Jim and Mark first came on, then they were like, yeah, these guys need to get back to alcohol-based um, de-waxing. I was, I, my fist just pounded the table because I had been developing that as a part of my process um, since the beginnings because I'm terribly um, sensitive in the lungs to um, a lot of things. So lipids don't agree with me at all. I'm, they just, I shut down. So I can't. I could never even smoke normal butane extracts. They just registered as asphyxiation to me. So um, really, when it comes to the final process, it's alcohol I'm removing because I had to winterize my oil. Uh, Limonene is nonpolar, so it's going to pull the same nonpolar waxes that are bad for smoking that um, you know persist over in dry sift that allows us to expectorate it out. So. I followed their rules, so it's pretty much alcohol is what I'm removing to perfection before I re-add my terps. So I'm also removing any 
alcohol-soluble terps prior to um, extraction. And then so when you're saying you remove it and then re-add it, you're removing the entire portion of water-soluble terpenes and then re-adding that entire portion, so you're not, like, mixing and matching at all? No mixing and matching. I do the same process for dry sift. So I have um, a dry sift that I call 7-star. That is the water, basically the wet terpenes, the ones that Kay's talking about we lost. All the, the 90% that's lost um, in the drying process, that is, you could say, it's a very similar process. So um, what I'm isolating off is not all of the terpenes in the cannabis plant, but the ones that are subject to loss um, through the processes we do. So I'm using the same process for my dry sift. So I return it to the dry sift, which then makes a product that looks exactly like live resin. And, and can, you, uh, can you talk at all about the you know, physics of that process? Well, I mean, just one second. I, my brain just went into that calculator mode where I get excited. I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's drive. And then I'm like, wait, I don't know what my um, ramifications are. But the main thing was I, I listened very acutely to what people say and what everyone was focusing on. So the minute Kay said, you know, what we really need to do is focus on that percent lost in drying, I started to look at what, the process of how it's lost. So as you start to understand the physics of that, basically how things evaporate, um, you can start to look at how you could possibly modify things to capture it. I haven't finished Googling the static ball terpene collector you guys mentioned earlier in the episode, but I'm like, what, what, what? Did I miss something even more so that I should be doing in the grow room? There's um, a, a Dr. Mukherjee, I believe, and developed the technique at International Flavors and Fragrances, if my memory serves, if that points you any quicker. Yeah, so what I may find out is what he's developed is a standardized method for however I've gone about isolating my terpenes. Um, so I'm kind of, I'm in that moment where, you know, you're, you're insecure all over again, even though you thought you were doing well. <laughs> um, I'm like, static ball on the ground. He's probably getting more than I'm getting. Uh-oh. So. <laughs> so how much of the terpenes do you really, I mean, does it smell like a live plant more than what we think of a dry flower? Is, I haven't had the pleasure. Absolutely. Of... So that, is, that, that was that last thing Nectar mentioned. This is a new experience. Um, every strain, even strains that I didn't like, um, are brand new um, because these are mainly focusing on capturing what we've never known allows every strain to, one, be a new experience, but also have a different modulation so that we, I'm trying to get at what was the plant's pure message. So how can I, even in the dry sift, is it, if dry sift is pure, how much purer is it if I return the terpenes lost in the drying? So getting the few experiences to try to dab that, I'm like, oh, my God, this high is like oil. What the fudge? Oh, oh, this is different. Oh, this is a new frontier. Oh, we could start all over again with just dry sift and have a, have a field day. Well, yeah, I think right now that's kind of the renaissance. Everybody's figured out that, like, hey, this stuff's pretty good, too, and it's actually complete, and it stores well, and you can, you know, you can play around with it a lot more. It's not so in flux. And what's the texture of it when you add those extremely volatile terpenes that you're... I was just about to say, it no longer stores well. Oh, that, yeah, once you put the terps back in, yeah, for sure. Essentially, you're getting back into the situation that was on the live plant, where... If it wasn't for the fact each of those heads was perfectly separated by a stalk, they would all instantly gel together. 
So well, we also yeah, the, also it, the positive. And now negative. we go that, into that's how it separates it. Yeah. And then and this is the interesting thing is like, dude, sometimes these like limonene occurs inside the cuticle, and obviously mm-hmm. can have uh, is is that acting as a solvent to any extent inside? Absolutely, absolutely. You that keeping it. There is half of the art of you could say what makes things hard or soft is the terpenes. Um, you could say attraction to water or repelling of water. Um, obviously, a shatter that's really stable is repelling moisture, where something that is ooey gooey is attracting moisture. But what I've found being able to live a, you know, pretty much a dual production life is I could tell the consistency of the LHO before I made it by looking at my dry sift. And smelling my dry sift, I knew which terpenes I'm like, okay. If I get too warm and I smush these and this gets on the outside, they're going to start eating their neighbor and I'm going to end up with a wad. So you see that in certain um, bubble hashes that are hard to dry, hard to sieve, hard to microplane because as soon as that terpene starts to escape, it starts to eat the walls and then you could say you start to get a big congealy. It's like the auto butter. The product becomes congealed. Yeah. It's like the first auto butter situation. That, that That was my whole pet peeve with... Water hash when it first kind of came on to the scene, it was like, okay, this stuff is real. Because in Holland also it was like eighty five percent humidity at all times, so th- you know people were keeping things in their fridge, and I was like, ah, I don't want anything I have to keep in my fridge because I can't carry a fridge around with me when I want to go smoke some something, you know. So and I hate it if you have to take it with you and it changes by the time you get to where you got to go. So that was kind of always like the limiting factor, I thought. And here it's drier; you can get to a drier product, but. It's really hard to press water hash and make quality hash. Almost impossible, in my opinion. It always changes before it ever gets smoked. Um, you know, whereas dry sieve, you can press it and keep it for 20 years and then break open and the inside is still active. You know? So I think it has its own natural natural curing thing, which is awesome. Well, I mean, I mean we got into it when um, that first um, crystallization started to come up, and I'm like, well, if you guys would stop microplaning and razoring all your heads in half, they would stop congealing. So, and then that became, and then the whole sieving your bubble hash came back to keep the heads intact. And Bubble Man did that, and I saw photos of his, and I'm like, whoa, wait. So, if everyone just went back to a mesh versus a microplane, the product storage, long term, all of those different side effects just from not having the limonene spill out would all could all be eliminated so that's that became a production um everyone just adopted microplaning because of the uniformity of your ability to dry it but um it turned around to potentially um create solvent soup yeah it's a classic um, out of the natural terpenes classic overworking something you know what i mean like as you're using your as you're using your card and you're like trying to like make these little slides you, you, so much damage getting done and the thing is that I used to just for fun back in the day I would always like take little bits of uh, really high quality heads and just put them in between my fingernail and go under a microscope and then just see how far I could pull it apart you know like stretch and it yeah. and I'd be amazed I'd be like dude if this was like in scale it'd be like pulling and stretching a thing like a mile you know what I mean because it's just incredibly viscous but it would also be very strong you know right and, like mm-hmm. it could be that magic substance like bulletproof like, this stuff or is whatever. amazing like you know it had such an amazing uh, quality to it and 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 different from every strain strain to strain like some well that's what's so strange about dry sift is I can make a pile of sand go to the washroom come back and now the pile of sand is hard as a rock put it in the freezer hit it and it becomes a pile of sand again put it in a container and 
turn my back in just the wrong amount of heat and then it gels into a brick. Yeah. And it's it's just and I, it's kind of strain to strain because I just I hit a streak of I guess I was running bubba's and I just had a high pinene content and everything was ooey gooey elastic nothing was hard it was really it made the meltiest stuff I've ever made and then the next week I got some I it made sand I got some stuff and it made sand it was an indica and I had just I was like whoa is this sand it's I remember Dreisif used to look like this, but just had a hot streak of melty strains that um, were pretty much just, they all had pinene in it, and they, pinene typically, um, it makes for ooey gooeyness, and um, it's just, it's this new exciting art because it allows people to pretty much experience chemistry type phenomenons yeah. without doing chemistry, because I'm, I'm looking at it, I'm like, these heads are still intact, so what is making them sticky on the outside when you just give them a few minutes, but... If I chill them, then that relationship breaks and they can become sand again. Yeah, I love um, I, I love that whole thing too. Because back in the day when I was playing around with hash, what I loved is that even if I fucked up on something, I could just take it, put it back in, and re repress it. Or you know, it would it would kind of like as long as you didn't you know heat it up too much, uh, you, you could pretty much even though you knew as you were pressing it, some was breaking up and was changing the uh, the consistency of it, but. But sometimes, and especially once I figured out that a freezer was a, the best way to do it, throw it in the freezer, comes back to this way, and it was like it was like a circular motion where I could take all my scraps and then I could put them all back into one last piece and make that piece look as good as the first piece as long as it was the right temperature and everything was the right strain. Some strains, you could never do it. It would just just never do it. <laughs> you know, and other strains were like, bam, every time it goes right back. And that, was, that to me was like the perfect strains were the ones that would go back like that. You know, it was like, ah the perfect one well that's 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 why when i i like i've heard all those stories i heard all those stories and then one day you make a note that all those hashes smelt like this and then i look up the terpene that's you know the predominant you know carry over all those and i'm like oh i see oh it rejects water oh i oh i now it makes total sense right. all these subtle phenomenons are can all be sometimes linked back to one dominant terpene or a synergy of two majors that um work in a similar fashion so um it's that's kind of why i'm you know it seems i'm the leaning guy but it's really i'm like well look if peony if pine terpenes were as economical reusable and um available it would be on the same level but right now what can i do when limonene is more powerful safer more there's a there's a longer term future in its science of developing it and it's cheaper yeah, soon it'll be um, like so uh, it'll be cool though. You can do you know at a certain point you can do just like we do with gas mixes here, you know recreate Newport and recreate uh, you know vector or whatever with the different components, whether it be isobutane, propane, butane combos. Right. Soon I guess you could do a little bit of pinene and a little mm. bit you know get the As right your solvent, get yeah. your combinations of that. It might actually pull totally different things too, which seems to be the the way with the gases. I mean, one will come out yellow and one will come out amber and one will come out. You know. Well, what just even seeing that the gases do that, I'm like, okay, so what does this have to do with the natural plant? Because none of my dry sift is ultraviolet yellow. Right. Like when propane what is like that? that? I just want something that looks like a combination of the heads that I started with. So I kind of I looked into a lot of those things, and I'm like, well, I just, you know, I'm a bit more of a, you could say, traditional fundamentalist where I'm like, I just want to perfect this limonene thing because 
it in itself is a recipe for an extraction that but I want the recipe from nature I don't really want my latest bright idea yeah that's kind of why I'm sticking I'm like if I can just keep refining it down now I'm at the point where my refinement process I'm like do I have my own limonene that is a product that has to be sold because if you repeat everything I've done without that same limonene you will get a product that has um, a lot of residual citrus overtones that have nothing to do with limonene they're more they're you could say my belief is they're they're the degraded you know to a degree terpenoids of limonene if anything and um valentine and the other terpenes that make up orange tones because um you know the orange industry isn't always sourcing one type of orange to make their juice so the limonene you're gonna you know the prod the base limonene you still distill out is always got different you could say citrus residuals that's right. what i'm dealing with citrus right. residuals rather mm -hmm. than petrochemical residuals it's safer at least definitely well, well, that was it. I figured if everyone hates me because it tastes bad, no one can hate me because I upset somebody with um I was always worried about the immunocompromised, the guy that's going to take one dab and then turn green and start convulsing. Right. Horatio, we, we uh, want to thank you for being on. we got about 20 seconds left before our wrap-up. Uh, it was pretty awesome to be able to include you in the conversation. We definitely want to try some LHL, I think, all around the table here. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we don't know if you ever make it to the States, but if not, we'll have to make it up to Canada one day, or at least try. It'll be sooner than later, I guarantee. That's what Noel just texted me and said he's coming to Colorado sooner than later, too, nice. from Nectar, so See that's you. good. Sooner, whenever sooner than later is, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, pleasure to meet you, man. Thank you so much for having you on. We'll definitely bring you back. Take care. Peace, guys. Yeah, you, you too, man. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Ciao. All right, the kid. Nine minutes left. Yeah. Yeah, so I want you. Can you talk for nine minutes? I know you're busy over there. No, I'm not even busy. I'm just looking. I'm looking at that's not that's what toys. you should that's be not saying. What? What are you looking at? That toys. Toys. What? You're like texting and looking for a motorcycle no, I during the texted. show. I've just been looking for a motorcycle. Really? <laughs> Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ! Just pay attention. You wanted to join. Oh, I mean, I'm paying attention. I'm listening. How could you be doing both? I was listening. It's, it's impossible. I was listening. How are you paying attention to what I'm doing and paying attention to him? Do me a favor, buddy. Can you uh, you want to explain? Some of the things we learned today? Weed stuff and uh, trichomes are important. <laughs> I was looking for motorcycles, man. <laughs> Making sure shit didn't, didn't bomb out. It's a good day to look for motorcycles when it's yeah, snowing out. Look at it. Do you see outside the window, kid? Turn around. Turn around, kid. Oh, no, I see. I, I'm not. Ah, ex no, I'm sorry you have to drive home. It's very slick. wet and slicky. It's, yeah, yeah. Bad, so we slick. learned a lot of interesting lot things. A lot of stuff. It was good because we went, um, we didn't get like, you know, like another lesson, like this mirror scene does this. It was like all new stuff, you know. This is all new territory for all of us. Which yeah, I learned awesome. a ton of new stuff today. Yeah, and I think uh, it's crazy that there's that communal thought out there where you know, like, like I said, I was talking about this a month ago. Like, well, you should use limonene and just use it pure. But I had no concept of, you know, how how or what. I just was thought, well, seems possible, you know. Um, obviously, there was other people out there already on it, already doing it. And getting some interesting results too, because if you think about, you know, in my mind, it would just become pure lemon overkill. You know what I mean? And you wouldn't taste anything. But the fact that we can actually so it sounds like there's a method of ex of. I, don't want, I, I think I figured out a little bit of the process. I don't want to reveal any secrets. But yes, you can't use pure lemon. It sounds like because then you can't really pull it out. But there's things to do. 
Yeah, and uh, well, it's just going to get people thinking right now, isn't it? It's going to be. That's what we like to get the gears turning, and and whatever gets invented next, because you're thinking about this stuff, we'll have you on the show next, right? This could be your ticket. This is your ticket. We <laughs> just gave it to you. Just let give us give us vials, vials for life. Vials for life. What so are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? Six minutes. Six minutes, kid. Did you eat an incredible? Kid, me? Did you? It sounds like. No. Oh, my phone died too, and I was going to. I had a few things on there that I was going to talk oh. about. One of them was I saw that uh, High Times is giving away a furry hoodie for the best. A furry hoodlum hoodie? Yes. I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? They're giving away my gear? Um, they don't want it. What's going on with that? Now, anyway, they were for the best uh, cannabis tattoo. Or was it cannabis tattoo? Yeah, I guess it was the best uh, what? weed tattoo. Oh, dude. They're giving I got something for you. What you time? want something for that? Best so weed tattoo they're giving away a hoodlum? Yep. High Times is. Uh, yes. Furry hoodie. Yes. Free hoodie. Yeah. Let me read you this right here. I didn't know if I was supposed to say it yet. What's that? But there's going to be a tattoo shop around from the Dark Horse show. There's a tattoo shop like right next door. They're one of the main sponsors. Yeah. And they're going to be they're making some fresh weed flash specifically for 420 in the event. Yeah. The kid, you're interested now. Yeah. yeah. And they're going to have like special deals on all so that stuff. And I'll I'll pay for anybody who wants to get a beard tattoo. So no problem. Or ADS flag. Or an ADS flag deal. Okay, yes. we'll cover it. Um, well, but no, we should. Uh, Even we the should, kid. We should Even reach out kid. to them and see if they can, if I can be like a like a billboard. They can use me as advertisements. They can to put their logo on you. They can put their logo. No, 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 no. That sounds not, like a great plan. No, no. That's like what for I'm, the advertisement yeah. for the event, they can d- do an idea of what they were thinking about doing for the event. Draw it on me. Use it as their photos. Use just, it as just, all that just stuff. Just so they're gonna just put the event flyer on your head. No, on your face. On your face. That'd be awesome. Like, like, dude, that was like about seven years ago. Like, was, you you know, really like that party, huh? How much money would it cost you? How much money would it cost you to say, listen, I'm going to tattoo your fucking forehead th- with my logo, and I'll pay you this much, this called, much money? It was already been done. That was bum fights. It's been done. Yeah. Uh, I know, but how much would it, would it cost would, you? Would it cost me to do what? To have somebody come up to you and say, I want to put my, my logo tattooed on your forehead. I would say I'm happened. on the other end of that equation. People get my logo tattooed not on them. That, it has not happened. Not only that, but he would, he, he would be in trouble with his uh, synagogue. Right. Did you see the <laughs> the, the could, news story that I missed? Dude, there's a kosher cannabis coming out. Not kosher Kush, dude, but they're making kosher cannabis. Why they have a pr- they have a uh, company plans to sell kosher marijuana in New York, dude. What are they gonna do? Bless it or something like that? No, you have to grow it with like you can't use bone meal when from. You turn it upside pigs. down. You gotta like dr- do the proper cut, cut it. So cut it. it. Uh, yeah, exactly. No, you just have to get it and not give any to anybody else and just keep it all to yourself. Oh, kosher cannabis. <laughs> <laughs> that was really, that was really racist. Oh, I, it's uh, it's kosher <laughs> edibles. It looks ah, like okay. you have to just get them, and then you have to just kosher keep them all salt to yourself or and not give them to anybody else, and that's kosher edibles. So, um, what other crazy Jesus stuff? Christ, well, kid, you racist fucking bastard! Go stand in the snow. <laughs> Go with your people, the whites. Get it, the snow. No. Oh my god. That was good. Oh, oh, I'll tell you something that happened at the show. Yeah. Okay. So. Oh, oh, oh I got another. I got. I got. Say word. Say word. Say word. Giveaways. Oh yeah, tell me. Free pack of cherry pie crossed the alien from Franchise Genetics, who took second place in San Bernardino. Okay. Go to seedsherenow. dot com. Facebook page. Like and share the page. Seedsherenow.com. Exactly. Like and share the page. That's a perfect segue because I was just about to explain. Go. That the seedsherenow.com banner that we had, which was a big, giant Adam Dunn show with everybody's logos around it, who was represented from his booth, got stolen 
Stolen <laughs> from my booth. So somebody has that banner. Somebody now. stole my banner, which is crazy, right? Because it was like literally the end of the show. Show's over. I cut it down, and then. Do you like, think somebody took it by accident? I, well, I checked all the people around me, with the booths around me and stuff. And it no, was like, someone has that up in their room right now because they love they, us. They were waiting in the wings, and when I cut that thing down, they swooped in. I'm sure if it was on camera, it was some ninjas or something. Right. It had to be like obviously so professionals. Happy. They were so pro. Obvious <laughs> professionals because you're so on point. You know, and leave, and, and well, yeah. you said it was like a Comic Con, though, right? I'm going to say, if you guys are listeners of the show who stole really the Adam Dunn show, was dressed up. I mean, no. It like, no, it was not. I thought it was Henry Ham? No, Henry Ham? But it was not Comic-Con. Oh, I heard it was like a can of Comic-Con. <laughs> I can't be like, uh, what, you you, what are you doing you today? Did you show up? You a can of Comic-Con. Okay, anyway. So, anyway, anyway, so they stole so the banner. We were can gonna we have a can of Comic-Con? They're probably fans of the show. Can of Comic-Con. So, I'm saying if you're listening, keep it, but send us a picture of it hanging up in your room. I want to see yeah. it. Yeah. And We're then, you're not in trouble. We won't get mad. We won't we, get mad. Blah, blah, blah. But I do want to see what you stole from the can of Comic-Con. It's not a can of Comic-Con. <laughs> it's officially a can of Comic-Con. And if not, we should throw a can of Comic-Con. Oh, it's rightful owners offering a reward. But I, I feel like, what, dude, just There's get no a new reward. banner. It's so worth new... it. They stole it because they love it. Yeah, How yeah, often do people to, steal banners? I mean, that shows but but they have to post the picture. You have to see it. You have yeah, to post the picture because that's the advertising. I need to know it Post it on Instagram and then you see like 100 million views. Yeah, do it from like an announcement. It's like when you steal it of somebody's front yard and then you take photos all over the world with a gnome and you're like oh, I'm in Africa with the gnome yeah. you know you've seen that right no you've done that no I haven't done it it's been done a lot no of I haven't done it I'm just talking about like those times when you do do that you know one minute saying? left like, shout, out, shout out shout out so shout out I'll start the shout outs no, kids, kids, start the shout-outs. I'm not starting the shout-outs. I don't like starting the shout-outs. Shout-out to my new motorcycle. Shout-outs to so somebody who wants to sell me a uh, Shout-outs to Sons of Anarchy <laughs> for making me want well, no, a motorcycle. I, I've been watching this new show that's on his history <laughs> channel now. Now that's why you want a motorcycle. No, I've owned a motorcycle for a while. I bought a ruckus this exact same time last year, and it was like, hey, I'm going ruckus? 45 miles an hour. It? I sold that fucking thing. You're like, 35 miles an hour. Fuck that. So, I, but, but no, the there ruckus. is this new show on history channel. Uh, called uh, Gangland Undercovered, and it's about this true story of this guy who went uh, as an undercover cop in like the Vagas. So you're trying to pretend you want to be an undercover cop? Oh, and it was dope. it's a dope show. But Did no, he have I've the same haircut as you? Yeah, kind of actually. Did he have to wear? So his guys, hood everyone up? should know that the kid has had his hood up in the last few episodes, not because he's an antisocial deviant, but because he lost his hair comb. I can't find my uh, comb. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's having issues. Can't find but, a comb uh, for three yeah, weeks. Shout out to somebody who wants to hook me up with a cheap motorcycle or a comb or a comb or a comb. Uh, and uh, mom and dad, everybody at the incredible shop, everybody working hard over at Dixie, guys at Medicana. Boom. Boom. Bam. And dude. You go, or I go. You okay. go, usually you go. Next I usually I go. Okay, so shout out to my beautiful wife, Cece, and little Nick. Speaking like more words every day than, in, than I think he knows more than the kid by now. He's definitely way yeah, he more. He does. Than, yeah. Sometimes I don't even he's, know if he's speaking English or if he's speaking Swedish. And he's making up me. his own words. It's awesome. No, no, he's Swing speaking English. English. It's just words that it's, Ryan No, he's coming. Now it's coming to the point where it's like I'm just surprised every day. But it, awesome. Love it. And then shout out to my mom down at the farm, Mama Ace, and Gannon, and the crew, and Kyle, and everybody. And now we're getting snowed in, so looks like it's going to be a long one. Oh, Brian thought of something funny involving the snow that he couldn't tell me during the show, but he laughed so hard. No, no, it wasn't something involving the snow. Okay, oh, I'm going right, to finish shout out to shout the guys from Seeds yeah, here now.com for helping, you know, bringing me out there and like showing me what's up. Good good times and uh there you go. Of course, shout out to my beautiful wife Reese, an amazing little baby Farron, 
who was doing a bunch of different walking type things, but not quite. She like last night in bed, she like stood up and let go of us and stood on her own for a couple seconds. Right and uh, she's also <laughs> beginning to learn baby sign language, and it's pretty cool. Oh, it's, I baby guess it's regular sign language, but she can't right, like say kid. the words yet. And the kid is <laughs> the kid. cut off on your mates. Sponsorship terminated. <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys next week. Next uh, don't forget to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Adsy coming up, coming up. More Adsy, Adsy, Adsy. ADSI. Some call it marijuana, some call it sense media, some call it lamb's bread, and some people call it.